the Augustin Hozinga Show with your host Augustin Hozinga. Smack the shit out your bitch ass midget girlfriend, nigga. <laughs> Welcome back to the Agostino Zynga show with I, your host Agostino Zynga and this is episode number 745, that is 745 of the Agostino Zynga show with I, your host Agostino Zynga and I hope you are doing well wherever this lovely podcast may find you, I hope you are doing swimmingly. How am I? All good, all things considered, I cannot complain. Probably one of the best weekends I've had in a long time, mostly to do with Liverpool losing. 3-1 away from home against Arsenal and early in the day Man United winning 3-0 against West Ham at home so it's been a perfect Sunday for me perfect to see my you know most bitter rivals one of the teams I hate the most in the league maybe only second to flipping Arsenal um go home crying their fans on social media crying um commentators and ex and pundits and ex-players like Jamie Carragher on Sky Sports News crying about Martin Odegaard celebrating and taking pictures with the Arsenal team photographer you've got him crying about the manager everyone's crying and I absolutely love it because United won and that's all I, I that's all I ask for you know I don't expect United to be league contenders I don't expect us to win the Champions League I don't expect us to win any real major trophy in the next few years because we're still pretty terrible and you know we're still owned by the Glazers who are one of the worst if not the worst football owners of all time so likelihood of us becoming a successful club again is you know it's very very slim especially in the near future but the one thing that I get a lot of pleasure from is seeing us win the odd game here and there, put in a good performance, see some of our young players score some goals. And more than, you know, more than that, if it can be kind of, you know, bounced up or if it can kind of be supported and buffed up with the poor results of our rivals or the teams in and around us, that just makes things extra sweet so i'm absolutely loving it i'm absolutely loving it but i'll speak about the football stuff later and i'll get into that more but for now i want to kind of touch upon true detective season four i've stuck with it so far i think i might be five episodes in or four i'm not too sure how many episodes i'm in so far although i do enjoy one of the lead actress in this show because she's got some really cool face piercings that i would um kind of like to get myself but you know it's probably a little bit too um i'm probably a little bit too advanced in years to get something like that nowadays it's probably something that i should have got when i was way way younger but apart from you know the actors being fairly decent i gotta be honest i don't really know what's going on and i'm kind of getting tired of it True Detective Season 4, Night Country, is not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Nothing's happening. Um, there's it, it, The plot point or the basic premise of True Detective Season 4 is that it's based in Alaska. Um, there's some sort of issue going on with um, people dying in mysterious ways. There are young Inuit girls being abducted and being found murdered in places. And then there's a symbol that the murderer or whoever's doing it is leaving behind 
which is similar to the symbol they left in season one. So they're trying to do some weird pull or reference or tie in with season one, but it doesn't really make any sense. Um, the landscape and how they're depicting life in a, you know, in a small um, village or town in Alaska is really interesting. Yeah? I could, Im- like, I would always, when I'm watching a series, I'm kind of picturing in my head, like, or imagining in my head, sorry, what would it be like to live in that type of area? Like, to live in those type of places all year round? Like, what would your life kind of be like? And from what they're depicting, I guess it's kind of what you'd expect, right? In any small town, everybody's kind of in everybody's business. There's a lot of free time. There's a lot of drug abuse. There's a lot of um, alcohol abuse because there's not much to do. Um, you know, career prospects are basically nil. There's a lot of politics, you know, whatever maybe. But it's not really going anywhere. Like nothing's actually happening. We're no closer to finding out why the scientists from some center all passed away. We're nowhere close to finding out why an Inuit girl was found dead with no tongue. Again, spoiler alert if you haven't watched it before, but I'm sure you're not going to watch it anyway because it's fucking True Detective Season 4. And it made me think, or it made me go back to check out some clips of True Detective Season 1 and Season 2 and Season 3 and Season 4. And it's pretty impressive how that whole series has has gotten shitter and shitter over the years. The quality has dipped so much to the point where I'm starting to think maybe they should just end the true detective series franchise whatever at season four however this season ends maybe this should be the last one because it feels like it's not really going anywhere and it feels like it's never going to match up to the flipping iconic season one which I'm sure most of you have watched before with um what's his name Matthew Matthew McConaughey in it like obviously a, a legendary episode, a legendary story season altogether and definitely something you can easily go back and watch nowadays. But I've been trying to watch season four and it's really crap. Again, it's not going anywhere. Um, I feel like it's spinning its wheel and I don't know. I just don't know what to say about it. But with all series, one of the really annoying things when it comes to series for me is that I feel like whenever you've invested too much time into something, you always feel like you have to just finish it just for the sake of it because you already invested the time why would you then like stop now that you're already three episodes in you might as well watch the next six or something so i'm kind of in that position now where i'm thinking you know what even though i don't want to watch it and even though it's permanently wasting my time i'm just gonna stick with it and just hope that it gets better in the end but so far it's not looking good i'm not gonna lie it really isn't looking good like um there are some interesting you know threads that they're trying to pull at which might go someplace but for the most part, I don't know. It's just <laughs> nothing's really being explained. And I really don't know what direction it's going to go in. I think I've said that maybe seven times already now. But that's the place I'm at at the moment. So True Detective Season 4, Night Country, has really been a bit of a disappointment. What's been a really good thing, though, that's not been a disappointment so far, has been Trigger Point Season 2. This is a UK-based TV show. So if you're not from the UK, you probably won't care about this show. But season two of trigger point or trigger point in general is an amazing series for me personally it follows this woman called lana washington played by the actress vicky mcclure who is a bit of a legend here in the uk she stars in a lot of like police dramas she's in line of duty and a few others and she just plays that kind of badass you know women 
detective that is always trying to prove herself in the force and you know always tries to like do things in her own way doesn't follow the rules then gets reprimanded that gets proven right then her family suffers personal relationships you know that kind of like complex character right that you all kind of know and love in series and she's amazing she's honestly a uk fucking legend um she deserves you know all the all the awards but trigger point is really like my type of thing because it's basically like dad type tv it's all action it follows her as lala washington and she's a bomb disposal expert and she basically goes to um you know places where there are bombs and shit and basically tries to um uh, what, what's what's called deactivate them i forgot what the actual term is right with ieds and shit so there's a lot of terrorism plots involved there foreign domestic loads of stuff about corruption socioeconomic things like all interesting kind of backstories and of course her own personal relationship with her kind of on and off you know hubby and boyfriend this guy here that's featured in the picture and so far what i've loved about season two is that loads of people die already I think three or four people from the series, again, I'm not going to say who, but have already died. And I like that because it puts some stake. It, it, it kind of puts some stakes. It kind of makes a show worth watching because you never know who's next a bit, who's, who's going to get blown up next. <laughs> Obviously, the main actress is going to be in it, but I love that, like, people close to her, like, you know, people that she gets close to, um, people that she maybe doesn't take, you know, for, she takes for granted, they end up kind of passing away in the line of duty, and it kind of causes her to go into more of a, into a shell. There's depression issues there, anxiety, you know, um, what's that thing called? Um, imposter syndrome. Um, there's a lot of misogyny involved in there. What, you know with the workplace of her being a woman it's an amazing series again it's not complex it's not super deep you know the, there's not much depth to a lot of the characters the storylines aren't that amazing but if you want to watch something that's good just a you know entertainment in the background active watching or no non-active loss whatever that kind of term is where you put stuff on the background i really do recommend you check out trigger point it's fucking great i fucking love it um it's out now i think season two all the episodes are available now you can either check it out on itvx or you can find it on all the kind of illegal sites that people watch stuff on but i absolutely love trigger point two trigger point sorry season two i've enjoyed it it's absolutely brilliant and vicky mcclure is a fucking legend uk legend uk stand up please if you may please if you may i've also been watching way more videos about the apple vision pro yeah i know i know it's tiring i know i've been talking about this ad nauseum for the last couple of days but i'm so intrigued about how the apple vision pro is going to be used by loads of different people and i'm also intrigued now how the marketing drive has been really ramped up and it feels like it for me to me it feels kind of organic it might not be organic maybe apple did reach out to content creators but i feel like ever since the apple vision pro has got into the hands of content creators because it feels like the first release or the first drops were were kind of sent to actual tech kind of reviewers and stuff like mk mkbhd and i justine and those type of people and they did really technical in-depth kind of gadget tech review type of things for the apple vision pro but now we're getting a lot of content creators we're getting a lot of like tech adjacent content creators lifestyle content creators vloggers all these type of people who are now getting their hands on the vision pro and they're now interacting and using it in completely different ways than probably what it's intended for they're literally pushing the limits of the apple vision pro and then you're also seeing, um, what you call it, other apps putting out their ideas of what, you know, Apple Vision Pro will look like with their app involved. So far from what I read online, 
there aren't a lot of official apps um big companies like spotify and, and youtube and the netflix and stuff they haven't actually made um native applications for the apple vision pro they haven't really agreed to that yet at the moment the reason i think that's happened is probably because these companies are looking into probably making their own versions because this whole spatial computing type of thing is probably going to be the new frontier going forward you would assume um and because those you know from what i've been able to see anyway one of the strongest um selling points about the apple vision pro at the moment is the entertainment aspect of it right having these big immersive um you know vr ar screens that you can kind of you know move around the space and stuff and essentially like you know you could picture yourself sitting courtside watching a basketball game it does open up loads of possibilities for other companies like like spotify like youtube to maybe invest some money into building their own hardware or collaborating with other hardware manufacturers and building their own version of apple vision pro which might mean which might explain why they're not jumping on the apple vision pro yet why they haven't agreed to make their native apps on there but who knows but there are some people out there that are specking out ideas of apps that they feel like would be a good sort of like you know um fit for apple vision pro and one of them that i thought was interesting was this dj app right there's this dj app that this company made um where they essentially kind of trying to completely change how people de like myself dj which was usually on like you know a piece of hardware whether it's a cdj a mixer a controller whatever it may be they're completely changing it and making the whole dj experience completely augmented reality there is no actual physical hardware as apart from the actual thing you put in your eyes the actual um, goggles themselves and i'm going to play you the video because i think the video is really cool in terms of depicting what it would look like if you were to have like a whole dj unit that ran through the apple vision pro let me play that for you now I'm going to take off the sound actually because it's a little bit it's going to probably going to be copyrighted music let me take let me put it down really low let's put it down here it's so, so it's by a company called dj i think they've also got an app on the itunes on the on apple actually if i'm not mistaken um, where you could basically mix on your flipping you know on your iphone screen so you've got these 3d turntables that they're featuring here where essentially you've got an a, an app a kind of you know like a vr version of your arm that's basically playing on the turntables with a mixer in the middle. And then you've also got live effects that you can also use when whilst you're DJing, which look kind of cool, I guess. And then you've also got the drag and drop feature, which is interesting for the vinyl bit. So you've got the vinyl that also shows up on the side of you while you're DJing as little kind of pictures of the album covers that you can basically use to play the next track when you're DJing. And then you've got the experience immersive environment. You've also got um, the DJ controls in the middle. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to lie. I think this looks kind of terrible. I actually do think this looks kind of shit. Because I feel like DJing in general is one of those things like playing an instrument. It needs to be done on a tactile hardware driven gadget type of thing, right? Like a utensil piece of hardware, wherever it may be. I don't think it can work really in this type of like VR type of mold. I just don't think it looks good. But what I think would actually be a really good fit for the whole DJ dance music thing would be if you could use your Apple Vision Pro as a means to watch 
live concerts or to be at a club. So imagine you're doing a boiler room and instead of the boiler room just being where you watch on your screen, you could have an element of the boiler room where you could be actually, you could feel like you're there. You could feel like you're standing behind the DJ as they're playing. Um, you could feel like you're standing next to the dancers when they're dancing. So you could literally be, feel like you're actually there in the space, no matter where you are around the world. And then you could open it up even further. Imagine if um, there was this guy, actually, I forgot his name, but there was a dude who, um, oh, what's that flipping game again? I forgot what it's called, but there's there was this guy who built, who kind of rebuilt the inside of Berghain. I think in is it in Roblox or one of those type? I forgot what game it was, but he basically rebuilt the entire interior of Berghain, so you can basically travel around it and kind of see what it looks like. So imagine if somebody was able to kind of rebuild the inside of Berghain, and you could essentially walk around the entirety of the space. You could have people playing in different rooms because at the moment, I think I remember somebody reaching out to me actually who was running a space where they basically had um, people doing live DJ sets in virtual reality, so they were able to basically go in all these different places um and basically you know you could you could basically dj for people all around the world in vr and the idea behind is that you'd wear a headset and you could kind of play you know you could basically be there as a raver playing or if i was going to be a dj i could basically stream on twitch or whatever it was and they would run that feed directly into one of the virtual reality rooms so imagine if that could get taken a step further and you could have you know vip tickets sold or stage side tickets sold for two people who don't live in anywhere near where the festivals are happening and you can basically sell people vr ar experiences um at certain festivals at certain live shows at certain clubs it completely turn change how people kind of interact with those type of spaces and if anything it wouldn't really require anything different from the club on the inside you know it would just be complete it would just be you kind of enjoying the event with your vr headset from the comfort of your own home without leaving anywhere but just kind of you know basically maybe from the camera of the flipping place on the inside could maybe stream onto your headset i'm not sure how it would basically work but it, it probably would be a great experience and it probably wouldn't take away from the live experience because i think one thing that i think this should do i don't think they should try to replicate what la what actual real life is via this you know what i mean i think it should be a completely different thing i think it should be its own separate thing vr ar should be its own separate experience but it shouldn't they shouldn't try to replicate or replace real life experiences i think that's where the difference will be and where it will really kind of differentiate itself from you know other kind of platforms and what people are trying to change because so far um this dj type of thing that i've seen here doesn't look the greatest to me it looks a bit crap in my personal opinion but then there's this other video that i saw that I was thinking, oh my God, this might be um, one of the dangers of the Apple Vision Pro in that this might eventually cause um, Apple Vision Pro, you know, a temperature disorder, which I've kind of named the, uh, obviously the, ep the flipping episode of this podcast with you, right? And the reason why I named this episode the podcast, what I named it was because I saw this video on Twitter that made me think, oh my days. Uh, I'll show you a couple more things. Got the messages again. Got music set up here, big screen TV set up on my wall. Gordon Ramsay showing me how to cook above the stove. Notes right here for some groceries. Can walk around freely. Here's what it looks like when it's on. Hey, how's it going? Oh, hey. <laughs> Thank you. And as we walk around the house, everything stays pinned exactly where we left it 
And in case you are just listening to the show, this guy is basically walking around his apartment where he's working from home and he has all the different screens that he uses from like the notes app to um, uh, what you call it to uh, mail to his text messages to a window to watch, you know, the sports or whatever it may be. He has them pinned in different locations. So in this particular scene, you can see him at his workstation, his actual physical desk, and he has a window here with Safari already loaded up. He has a text screen showing his i messages he has his itunes i think player or something here on one side and then on one of the sides he also has um movies playing well, no his tv basically where the apple tv would be and then i think on one of the screens on the side there he also has like movies happening as well and then when he walks into the kitchen he has another video screen pinned up next to the cupboards that shows a video of um gordon ramsay preparing some sort of dish that he wants to make um on the fridge he has a note that shows some of the things he maybe wants to buy for his groceries and shit. And then he walks around, he comes back into the room, he passes his wife, who's also working in the next room on her laptop, on her screen, sorry. <laughs> and then he walks back into his main room. And this is pure ADHD behavior. There's like, at the, at the, current, at the current count, there's like, including his wife's screen, one, two, there's probably like more than 15 screens running in this household so if you thought it was bad already right if you live with your partner now and you thought it was already bad that you're both living in different rooms and you both maybe even if you're living in the same room you both have your head completely kind of glued to your screens of your phone of your laptop or whatever your tablet if you thought that was bad right and if you thought you kind of already not paying attention to people your attention spans already kind of horrible you can't focus correctly just imagine or you can't focus for long times just imagine how worse it's gonna get when you get to a place where you can have this headset where you could basically have screens just in front of you like literally hovering in the air against walls or cupboards and stuff of different things that you want to do and this to be honest is a clear indication and imagine if you start to have different tabs within each screen so this is each this is like a screen right imagine there's a tab for each screen so each screen has 10 tabs like i usually run right i usually have like a, a fucking a window with like already 20 plus tabs every single time i open my computer which might obviously um explain why sometimes my streams or my pods can run a bit slow but just imagine how bad people's adhd will get when they have each screen pinned up against a wall with different tabs running at the same time or running with different types of information different types of stimuli from your e email no notifications to your iMessages to your you know to your notes app to your safari browser your whatever all running at the same time and the tv and your other audio entertainment it's just crazy and then again you got another screen here showing some aquarium type of kind of background screen going on as well it's just too much it really, really is too much. That's, I think, is one side of the things that I probably wouldn't do too much. I think I enjoy the one aspect of it where you just wear the headset and you're kind of moving around with your environment. And, it's, you know, obviously you've got the screens moving around with you. But the idea of having all these different screens pinned in different locations is crazy. It really is crazy for me. I think I prefer it to be different. But I'm also going to play another video for you. That's really interesting, I feel like, because this guy does a really good job in terms of showing you how it would feel to use the Apple Vision Pro in 20, over, I think over 24 hours, he basically said he's using it and he does kind of general things like having a coffee, you know, making some lunch for himself. And it kind of shows you how it can completely already change your day-to-day -day life. And I absolutely love it. 
I honestly absolutely love it how it flipping works I would definitely be um, up for using it the way this kid uses it so his name is Canopsy or Canopsy C-A-N-O-O-P-S-Y you can find him on YouTube and check him out yourself but I've got the video downloaded here so I'm going to play it here for you so you can see what he says but I thought his review of it was really flipping good um, before I start here, what are you guys saying here? Ujo saying that could be that could make Tukin Topics during your streams look pretty cool. Exactly, exactly, Ujo. Yeah, I, I think once the once the tech, once the hardware is less bulky looking and less looks less looks less alien, I think people will be down with it. At the moment, it still looks a little bit too it kind of disconnects you from people around you, right? It's like massive goggles that are strapped to your head. Once it turns into glasses or lenses or something like that, a little bit more transparent or whatever, uh, or translucent even, I think it's going to open it up to more people. At the moment, it still feels a little bit too like, you know, you're kind of cutting yourself off, off, off from society. You're kind of in your own, basically, world. But once it kind of opens up, I think it's going to be a far better proposition for most people. But, you know, I could be wrong. But let me play the video now. This is Canoopsy, 24 hours with the Apple Vision Pro. It's a really cool video. Let's check this out. So I just got the brand new Apple Vision Pro right over here. Here it is. It's pretty crazy. I've decided I'm gonna be wearing this for the next 24 hours. Right, there we go all wired up we're in i'm gonna go off and spend a day with this thing see what happens to start out the day i decided to head over to a local coffee shop to get a quick coffee i went in wearing the headset and nobody really seemed to notice or care which is a good thing i'm blending in already after getting my coffee, I sat down and got to setting things up on the Vision Pro. First, I connected my iPhone hotspot to the Vision Pro so I have internet everywhere. To be fair, a lot of these vloggers and reviewers who are using them, they look like they live in really nice areas, really nice neighborhoods. You know, this coffee shop looks really nice. The area he's walking around looks really nice. So there's an element where I kind of believe him where you could walk around these kind of like affluent well-to-do areas and people probably wouldn't turn an eyelid or wouldn't bat an eyelid at you wearing an apple vision pro but if you're living in the hood or in slums like i live i think it'd be a bit difficult to kind of navigate around the streets with that massive shiny five thousand dollar fucking headset on your head without someone wanting to snatch it do you know what i mean it's gonna be a bit mad so that's the only issue that i'm seeing here but let me continue I started out by checking my Instagram and Twitter pages, see what's going on, see what's up. And then I headed over to my email inbox to check things off and reply to a few emails. And using the Vision Pro really feels a lot like the iPad in many ways. I mean, a lot of the apps available on this device are actually just iPad versions of apps. And because of that, using these apps just feels very natural and very familiar. How natural and familiar does that look to you though? watching somebody sitting next to you on a train or in a coffee shop wearing that headset from the side it just looks mad in it it's a nicely designed piece of tech in terms of product design you know aesthetic you know presentation or finish sorry it does look really well designed like from the the back head strap to the bits on the side here that you basically use to kind of you know 
toggling the strap and make it tighter to the screen itself it does look really well designed i think everyone i've so i've seen so far mention it has basically said it feels really sturdy and stuff but if ever there was a thing that showed you like you were kind of disconnected from the world around you this would be it right i think these look actually way more leave me the fuck alone than headsets i think nowadays i'm not sure about you guys but wearing noise cancelling headphones back in the day were usually a good sign that people just leave you alone people don't do that now now no one really leaves you alone people still ask you questions and make you have to fucking double tap your fucking ear cups to stop so you can answer them but maybe a headset will truly make people leave you alone which will be absolutely fantastic for me now the vision pro has about two hours of battery life which is really not great Great, especially for a full day of usage. So I decided to connect this 40,000 milliamp hour fast charge capable battery to the USB-C port on the Vision Pro, and this is obviously not the most ideal solution, but it is a solution. I despise that. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I'm one of those people that hates people who carry power packs. I know there's a lot of people out there that do it, but I think carrying a power pack for your phone is peak dork behavior that's peak dork behavior like if you have to have a power pack to exist and you, if, if your if your phone runs out of battery you're fucking scared and worried and you're shaking and you have to run back home or search for a coffee shop to plug your phone in to charge it you're a fucking loser like grow up like you shouldn't be on your phone anyway all the time until the battery fucking runs out and goes to zero right unless you're maybe at home if you're out and about you should be able to put your phone at, like especially if your phone's at 20 percent you should just put it in your pocket and just be like, okay, cool. So that 20% is about to fucking run out. Let me just like enjoy my environment. Let me grab a drink. Let me go into the park and I don't know, watch people playing with their dogs or whatever it may be and just relax. You don't need to carry a power bank in order to kind of keep your phone juice so that you can keep liking nonsense videos that you're seeing on Instagram or replying to DMs. It's never that deep. Like carrying a power pack, like, and even this kid, he's carrying an extra power pack to charge his power pack. That's fucking loser behavior. I would never do that. I'll just use my Apple Vision Pro the way it's meant to be used. If the battery runs out, the battery runs out. I go again later. None of that power pack shit. I hate power packs. I spent some more time here just enjoying my coffee, browsing around, really trying out this headset, and eventually I headed out with my coffee. Walking around with this thing on, having maps or music or videos open as I walk is a pretty crazy thing. I headed towards the closest subway station, but before hopping on, I did have to feed my cats for their first meal of the day. So I opened my auto feeders app and sent out their dry food portions. This is a great example of a ported over app for the vision. <laughs> feeding, your feeding your cats from an app while you're walking around with a headset on is peak 21st century, isn't it? That's amazing, right? Like having no actual physical contact with your cats, but still manage to feed them by touching these little buttons in the air is absolutely amazing. I fucking love it. Vision Pro. And it works actually pretty well, but some things can be a little bit hard to press if they are smaller UI elements. But overall, being able to even do this is actually crazy. I headed down into the subway to make my way over to a grocery store to grab a couple things, grab some groceries and make a small lunch and some stuff I can use throughout the week as well. I definitely got some interesting looks as I made my way onto the subway, but I just wanted to stand and relax and enjoy. Where does this kid live, man? The subway is fucking clean. 
very very clean very pristine everyone's there's some ladies here this is this asian lady's kind of or this middle east and i don't know what she is she's giving him some looks this guy's smiling but for the most part people don't give a fuck right people leave you the fuck alone they're minding their business enjoy my trip to the store so i turned on the travel mode before we took off which you have to turn on every single time you're in a moving vehicle before it starts moving whether it's a car, a train, a bus, a plane, whatever, you have to turn this mode on. <laughs> Every time I see the side profile of someone wearing it, it just looks so dorky. There's no way you can make this look cool. That's the only thing that's annoying about it. It's got cool features. It looks amazing when you're seeing the things with your eyes. But seeing somebody standing like this with this thing on, this contraption on their face, and this wire... <laughs> it just looks so ridiculous it looks kind of redacted isn't it it looks kind of redacted you might as well put a helmet on you might as well put a fucking helmet on and a chin strap it looks fucking insane <laughs> it looks like it looks even worse than those kids that you see walking around with actual snowboard goggles on right like ski goggles like for style i remember that being a thing maybe a few years ago people wearing like you know uh ski boots or snow boots or moon boots even and fucking goggles on their head that's kind of what it kind of looks like it looks absolutely insane on otherwise it just won't work basically if you're moving at a certain speed with this headset on it pretty much just knows and says turn this mode on or you can't use the vision pro and it's kind of annoying but i got used to it after some time on the train, I opened up the mindfulness app for the first time to give it a go and take myself out of the subway and into a guided meditation. And uh, it's pretty cool. Can you imagine trying to do guided meditation wearing a fucking Apple Vision Pro? That's the complete opposite of meditation. The whole entire gizmo, gadget itself, is the complete opposite of like centering yourself and being present and kind of distracting you know cutting out all distractions and concentrating on your breathing and clearing out your mind like this is the and this is the complete opposite of meditation this is this is a, a machine that induces brain clutter it induces adhd <laughs> i love it i love this i love this little thing you added on the blog this is a really cool review big up this kid after that i hopped out and headed to the grocery store But before heading in, I had to make a quick grocery list in the Reminders app. And typing on the virtual keyboard is actually really solid. I know it's not like the quickest typing experience, but for most things, you just reach out, tap all the letters, and it just works. It feels very natural and incredibly futuristic. Having to stand the way he's standing and type on in the air like that, it looks so redacted. Big up Ricky Picture, appreciate you, bro. This is a corporation's wet dream. Now yeah. you can do work everywhere. Exactly. You know Ricky Pritchard. This is going to this is gonna be um this is gonna be the great equalizer when it comes to fucking output, right? When it comes to people's output at work, this is gonna be the one that equalizes everything. Exactly. There is no such thing as a very you can, you know what this is this might end up doing? It might end up doing um it might end up making most companies do like unlimited vacation days. Hey, we give you unlimited vacation days. Why? Because we also give you Apple Vision Pros so you can work from anywhere. <laughs> anywhere you are, you can work. You're in a pool, you can work. Steam room, you can work. <laughs> Grenada, you can work. 
Seychelles, you can work. <laughs> Whenever we call you for a meeting, you can be there. Just strap on your Apple Vision Pro and you can take part in a meeting with all your other colleagues. Yeah, you're right. You're definitely right about that one. Big up, Ricky Pitcher. And into the grocery store I went. I carried along the reminders app between my fingers like a grocery list, and I dropped it once, so I had to go back and pick it up, but it was pretty... You see, that's pretty cool, though. Have you seen that little detail? So, you know the little screens that you put up when you're using Apple Vision Pro? If you pin a screen somewhere, it stays there. So, if you want to use it again, you have to go back to where you left it and pick it up. It's kind of wild. And I also noticed, if I don't, if you, saw, you don't know if you saw, but the, the the screen he had with these notes was on the floor, kind of, and it it does cast a shadow. Imagine how crazy like, that is of a detail. So wherever you leave a pin, you can see it casts a shadow on the floor that you left it on, or wherever it is on the wall and stuff. It's pretty trippy, tech wise, how they've managed to do that. Interesting navigating the store, grabbing all of my items, and it felt like a grocery simulator game. This was not only the most stressful grocery experience I've ever had, but also the most interesting and unique. You gotta be a bit of a donut, though. You'll be a little bit limp wristed to be stressful because you're using a fucking VR headset while you're going to do your groceries. There's nothing really stressful about doing grocery shopping for one. Like, let's be real. You know what I mean? You're not buying food for a family. You know what I mean? Like, let's relax. How's that stressful? Like, these kids nowadays, stressful, you know? Because you're having to decide whether you're going to buy fucking plain white bread, rye bread, or if you're going to get the, you know, the, the bad cheese or the vegan cheese. Like, come on, man. Like, grow up. Stressful. After grabbing all the items I needed, I headed over to the checkout and eventually left the store to go home. Also, I think he's a little bit odd anyway because maybe he wants a picture, but who sits like that? What grown man would willingly go and sit next to another man so close on the on the train? There's all these seats that are free and he goes and sits in that seat <laughs> with his knees next to this guy's bum. Like, why would you willingly do that if the train's not full? There's all these other seats you can sit down on, but maybe he wanted it for the angle and for this 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 shot where where you see him kind of like pinching and he's whatever but it's such a weird way to like you know he willingly went to sit right close to this dude like dude there's all his space all these nice seats why don't you just sit there why are you sitting right close to the guy like it's odd and soon enough i was home nice apartment though it was time to feed my cats again their wet food, so I got everything ready and prepared for them, and they were very excited. And they didn't really care that I was wearing Vision Pro, but, you know, they were very happy to be fed their wet food for the day. And then after that, I got out my groceries to put in the fridge and to make my quick sandwich. I opened up a YouTube video to watch while I was cooking, pulled out the recipe, and set an alarm for the Just Egg to check back when it's done. That's pretty cool. This was, in theory, a very simple sandwich, but it felt surprisingly overwhelming to make in spatial reality. Honestly, what is wrong with this kid? He's stressful when he has to pick out some bread to buy at a local supermarket, right? He's also overwhelmed because he has to make a sandwich. It's, or is this just like language that kids use nowadays to be like funny? I'm stressed because I have to buy groceries. I'm overwhelmed because I don't know what sandwich to make. Overwhelmed because of a sandwich. God almighty, mate. What kind of life do you have where you feel overwhelmed because you have to make a sandwich? 
I think I just had way too many things open and too much going on because this was incredibly stressful. Oh, there, there's that fucking word again, stressful. <laughs> stressful. He had to make a fucking egg sandwich with some spinach on it. Stressful. Come on, brother, man. But eventually I sat down with it and finally had my first bite to eat for the day. It looks like a nice little apartment, though, to be fair. He's got a really nice apartment. Nice. It looks like a new build to me. It kind of looks micro-ish, right, in terms of size. It just looks like you could really, like, you couldn't swing a cat around here, right? You couldn't take one of these cats and swing it from side to side, wall-wise, right? There's not a lot of space, but it does look really nice, to be fair. So, nice, nice apartment. He must live in a really nice area, part of town. And it was worth the effort. And uh, I watched a video while I ate because, you know, you have to. That's quite cool. Come on. That's quite cool. He's sitting down at the table. He's looking out of his window and his, his apartment. And he's got a screen here floating as he eats and a cat sitting on the table. That's a pretty cool, that's a pretty cool, um, you know, little situation he's got himself there. I don't mind that. I'm quite saying what the apartment is usually a few grand a month. Yeah, it looks like it. I would imagine so. It looks like a new build, maybe a concierge downstairs, maybe a gym. You know, they might have a fucking um, communal garden area at the top. They might do like, you know, end of the month drinks and shit. It looks like a really cool place. Or maybe it's next to like a, a startup area and stuff, right? And loads of like tech startup things. So he looks like a type of dude that will maybe work for a place like that. So it's a really nice apartment, I'm not going to lie. For one person, it's really nice. It's kind of small though, because if I'm not mistaken, the kitchen area is connected to the living living area. He's got his desk area somewhere here. And then I think this room here is where his room is where his bedroom is. And then I think the area back here is where he came in the door. So it's all kind of it's a kind of a compact micro apartment, but it does look really nice. I'm not gonna lie. It's really nicely laid out and they've utilized the space really good as well. So I like it. Our own films After I was done eating, I grabbed my laptop to get some work done and also test out the screen mirroring onto the Vision Pro. Setup was very easy, just literally tapping a virtual button, and just like that, I had a massive Mac desktop screen in augmented reality. That's pretty cool. Pretty That's crazy. pretty cool. Using the Mac's keyboard and trackpad and the Vision Pro as my screen, I tried out some editing in Final Cut, which felt very natural and honestly just the dream. And Wow, imagine editing on Final Cut Pro. I've seen some, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I have seen some psychos who take their iMac to like coffee shops. Have you guys seen it? Guys who take their iMac, they take their entire iMac to a coffee shop and they'll edit there. Like, so whatever they're editing in Final Cut Pro or in Photoshop, they'll just sit in the Starbucks with a fucking iMac on the table <laughs> doing it. So I guess this is probably the the more, the less kind of like intrusive way for people around you. By having the Apple Vision Pro, you can have your massive screen and then you can edit and whatever you need to do, like, you know, in augmented reality without taking up loads of real estate and without having a fucking iMac on the fucking coffee table somewhere in public, which is absolutely insane. And also tried finessing a photo edit in Photoshop. And I really think the Mac... Very good point, Theodore. Nobody who's working at a coffee shop is doing anything besides emails. Yeah, people love to talk about emails. Whenever you hear of a girl boss or one of these hustle bros online talking about what they're doing for the day they love mentioning emails 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 you really you rarely hear them talk about oh we had to ideate a particular idea we're prototyping something we're doing a b testing it's always just emails responding to fucking emails it's like i don't know about you guys but how many actual business emails are you getting per day that needs to be responded to every single fucking day i don't really know but hey i'm an idiot
black screen mirroring feature is my favorite part of the Vision Pro. I was also able to open up other Vision Pro apps on the side next to the Mac display to make the ultimate multi-monitor virtual workstation, which is a lot of words, but this is a lot of things happening all at once. And when I was finished working, I just chilled out on the couch for a bit and watched a few YouTube videos in the Safari app. I really hope the YouTube app actually comes to Vision Pro at some point because watching YouTube videos in Safari while doable is a little bit cumbersome hitting the play and pause button and skipping forward in videos. That's pretty cool though. Just how the screen looks in augmented reality. It looks fucking incredible. Like having that massive YouTube screen just, you know, essentially um, pinned up against his wall of his actual apartment. It looks so fucking cool. And again, like you said, once app, Apple or once sorry once YouTube does build a native app for it it's going to be far easier to use like an actual app where you can maybe like you know gesture to fucking fast forward you can maybe pinch to zoom in certain places you can maybe add favor whatever it may be right um it's going to be really really cool and I'd imagine they might maybe start including features where you can maybe utilize some of the tech in the Apple Vision Pro and maybe make videos that are basically built to be watched via an Apple Vision Pro. So there's loads of fucking possibilities when it comes to that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm loving that. I had to head out for the evening to do a few things and also meet up with some friends. But before then, a few simple chores at home. First up, had to clean up some dishes. So I played some tracks. Then a quick vacuum around my place. Yeah, nice spot, then man. taking out the trash. And finally, just a quick brush to get minty fresh. And after that, I was ready to head out back into the world again. I walked downtown to the Eaton Center Mall area to do a bit of shopping and browsing. I played some music on the way there, and listening to music in this spatial audio form is really incredible. It feels like music is actually playing in your world versus just in your ears. It's really crazy. And when I got to Young and Dundas Square... It but I wonder what you do with the music. How do you do the music? Do you listen to it via headphones, or is it just playing aloud via the fucking headset? Because I don't really see heads headphones attached to it. Or maybe it's or maybe it's um it's those headphones that you place like around your your earlobes because i forgot what the what the brand is there's a particular brand that have these headphones where the fucking speakers or the head or the earbuds are somewhere around the back of your ears and it's somehow meant to play i guess music through your eardrums that way i don't know how that actually gets done but i'd like to see how do you actually how it actually sounds you know what i mean or if you can actually put a headset on while you're wearing the the fucking vision pro which is peak don't talk to me right wearing noise cancelling headphones and also putting those flipping Apple Vision Pros on is definitely going to change things. It just really set in for me how incredible this tech. Oh, is that what it is? You think? Um, Andrew W says it's Toronto. Is it Toronto? Because it looks so fucking clean. It looks. So I was just about to say just now. It looks so fucking clean. Wherever he is, it looks absolutely spotless. The 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 subway train he was on earlier, the train station where he's at now in the shopping mall area, it looks absolutely pristine. So I guess, yeah, yes, it is Toronto Eaton Centre. There we go, on the sign there. It looks fucking spotless. Like, wow, Toronto looks beautiful. Technology is. With a bunch of apps open, I'm in downtown Toronto, and it felt like nothing I've ever experienced before. It is just, I've already said it before, but it's the future. Although, walking around with the Vision Pro on in such a busy part of the city was very stressful mm. and 
again with the stressful. This kid, man, it's stressful to buy fucking groceries. He feels overwhelmed making a sandwich and now he's stressful again because he's walking around a busy shopping area. Just seeing other people walk in front of him is causing him stress. Bro, you're you're in the you're in the busy shopping district of your city. What do you expect? Like, come on, man. Stress. These kids, bro, they don't know stress. Quite overwhelming. I walked through the mall and made a bunch of stops on the way, eventually stopping to check a virtual map of the Eaton Center to see where I have to go. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Wow. <clears throat> Of course he stopped by the Aesop shop. Of course he stopped by the Aesop shop to get some, you know, some moisturizer or hand sanitizer. Of course he stopped by the Apple store. Like he's going to all the bait places that a kid like him would actually go to in shopping centers. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Aesop, of course. After some browsing, I got what I needed. Of course he went to Uniqlo. Of course he went to Uniqlo. Of course. Uniqlo, Aesop, Apple. There's a particular archetype of that person, right? A particular avatar, a particular brand of human being. ...clothing pieces and headed back outside. Imagine describing Uniqlo clothes as clothing pieces. <laughs> you went to Uniqlo, bro. It's like fucking Japanese H&M. It's not that deep. Clothing pieces. It's Uniqlo. <laughs> I then got a call from my friend Patrick, and this was my first ever FaceTime video call in Vision Pro. Wow. And uh, my persona is pretty interesting. Patrick and I chatted for a bit and made some dinner plans for tonight. And then it was time to head over for dinner. Making plans with a bro and giggling like that and calling him Patrick? Hmm. I hopped on the streetcar, got some really interesting looks, and soon enough, I was there. The Mandarin is a buffet restaurant that really is the ultimate melting pot of cultures and cuisines, and it really is Canada in a restaurant. It's incredible. I've been going to the Mandarin various locations since I was like 10 years old, and to be here today, I was very happy. Oof. To be fair, the, the, the Chinese buffets we have in my area don't look like this. This looks fucking good. This looks like a really good version of a buffet because the Chinese buffets in my area of London do not look like this. <laughs> wow. That's plate number one. I met up with Patrick and we got our plates for the night and this might be the first ever buffet dinner experience. While <laughs> How depressing is that vision of the future? Sitting down with your bro to, you know, over some food to power about the week. And you're sat there both wearing your Apple Vision Pro headsets. How bleak is that? Usually when you meet up with somebody for dinner, it's a time for you to have actual real face-to-face -face quality time. Catch up on some stuff, right? Fill each other in on what's been going on in your life, especially if you haven't seen each other for a while. Imagine sitting there at a table with your headsets on. It's already annoying when you have friends. I have friends like that. They always have their phone on the, on the dinner table. Sometimes they'll have it flipped over so they can't see the screen. But just the phone being there kind of creates a bit of distance, right? It's a bit of a block. That's why sometimes, you know, I, I don't say it because it's not my business, but I would love to be that person's like, hey, man, put your phone in your pocket so we can just like talk. But usually, you know, you can't talk. say that everyone's got their own thing. But usually people just can't even have their phone in their pocket and just sit down and have dinner with you and catch up and stuff and actually have a conversation. So imagine how much harder it will be to 
have connections with your friends um, when they just got this fucking screen on the whole entire time. Like, damn, bro. Like, I thought we were meant to meet up and, you know, powwow and chop it up about the week and stuff, right? And talk about our concerns and our hopes and dreams and shit. Nah, let's just sit down at a Chinese buffet with our headsets on and then talk that way. It's like, ugh, I don't like that at all. I don't like it. That's only bit I don't, a bit. That's the only bit of it I don't like. Wearing Vision Pro and also maybe the first group dinner in Vision Pro. Is that a group though? Is that technically a group? Is that a group when you're in, or is that a duo? Does it count if you're just two people? Do you call that a group? It's like calling people that have dogs but no kids a family. It's like, is that really a family though? Because you have a wife and a dog. Surely a family is a human child. Same with this. Is isn't isn't a group of people more than three or more than two? It can't be two people. That's a duo, no? But again, what do I know? Maybe. After another great dinner, my final stop of the night was a little bowling excursion. I headed to my favorite bowling spot and met up with my friend Liam to tear up those lanes. Uh, but first I had to look up some cheat codes because I'm really not so great at bowling. Of course he can't bowl. The kid can't... Of course this kid doesn't know how to bowl. So let alone play any other sport. You know, bowling maybe isn't the sport, but of course he can't even bowl. Of course he can't bowl. The kid that gets stressed out making sandwiches doesn't know how to roll a ball down the fucking lane. Like, of course. So many gutter balls. So many fucking gutter balls. doesn't improve your gameplay at all. Eventually, after tossing on some tracks and getting in the zone, I was doing pretty well. And it was getting pretty late, so I decided to finally head home. Even the lock of his house sounds expensive, isn't it, right? Even the look of his apartment sounds expensive. He's got one of those, you know, that's a good door. That's a strong door. That's the kind of door even police will struggle to break down. That's a good, that's a, that's a good couple of grand's worth of an apartment a month if he's paying rent, right? Like even the lock of it sounds quality. <laughs> Cause I know how my lock sounds. It doesn't sound like that. My door, if you just lean on it a bit, you know what I mean? It could probably crack open. After getting home, I plugged in a super long, like 20 foot USB-C cable into the Vision Pro's battery pack and got in bed. I decided to- Imagine what the porn's gonna look like on this thing. Can you imagine what porn will look like on this? Can you imagine after a hard day's work, sitting back and watching some fucking X-rated stuff on flipping Pornhub X videos or whatever you like to watch out there? Imagine what it will look like when Pornhub decide to build native videos with the Apple Vision Pro in mind. When you start, you know, when you maybe take it further and start doing the fucking deep fake shit. When you take it even further and you start getting peripherals, right? You start getting like accessories, like Glock lock machines that you use at home and stuff. Imagine how spooky it's going to get. Imagine how spooky it's going to get when those people that have like goon rooms start getting a hold of this. Those guys that have goon rooms, imagine if they get a hold of this. No more having to have physical screens. No more crazy LEDs that make them look like they're in some sort of BDSM room. You can run a goon room entirely through your fucking headset. 
oh, it's going to get spooky. It's going to get spooky. You're going to have people like sharing videos of them, you know, smashing a deep fake version of fucking, you know, Jessica Alba or something. Imagine how spooky that will get. They'll record videos of themselves smashing a fucking, you know, AR version, deep fake of fucking Jessica Alba <laughs> and post that somewhere, right? Like, imagine that. That's like a whole new version of fucking revenge porn. It's not even revenge porn because you don't know the person. Imagine, right? Like Ruby Rose will start needing to maybe start suing Apple and stuff because all these fucking 15-year-old kids are posting videos of themselves, you know, smashing her in all these different lo- fucking exotic locations. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine all these sweaty 15-year-olds having fucking sessions of Ruby Rose through VR, through AR? Like, <laughs> posting pictures of themselves, like, choking and slapping her and shit. <laughs> it could get dark bro it could get so dark holy shit man maybe maybe even people like chris D'Elia will just run a whole simulation where he's got that wednesday adams girl you know whatever her name is i forgot her name um you know in ar and vr you know what i mean imagine all the diddlers out there watch a movie and test out how that experience looks on the vision pro screen and although i can't actually show it on youtube it looked incredible, especially being able to change the background of my environment and putting myself even in a movie theater to watch my movie is really crazy. Down to choosing the exact seating position and row. And after the movie was done, I was pretty tired, so time to sleep. <laughs> Ra, he slept with them on. He actually slept with them on. He's dedicated. I like this. I like the dedication. The next morning, I woke up to my alarm and hopped out of bed. I fed the cats and then made a quick coffee while listening to some music. I had to catch up on my social apps to see what I missed out on overnight. Then for breakfast, I wanted to make a nice tropical fruit protein smoothie with these frozen fruits, as well as silken tofu and protein powder, of course. Why does why does he drink protein shakes when he doesn't work out? What's the point of that? Is that like a thing kids are doing nowadays? just to kind of circumnavigate having to work out like i don't want to work out so i'm just going to drink a protein shake <laughs> these kids are so funny man like just refuse to do any sort of physical exertion apart from walking to coffee shops that is their workouts isn't it they're the masters of walking to coffee shops finding independent coffee shops to go drink fucking ten dollar espressos but refusing to do a single push-up but then also drinking fucking um you know also drinking um protein shakes you gotta love it right you gotta love it and i've really been loving smoothies recently ever since buying this blender and it's really a great way to start out the day i sat down with my drink and listened to some tracks while browsing twitter i then decided to watch some youtube videos from the last few days to catch up but maybe in a bit more of a beautiful atmosphere this entire experience has really been nigga just sits down and watches videos about the iphone 15 pro max <laughs> he's definitely a real geek in it i love it man I love it. Unlike any other experience I've ever had before. And just like that, a whole 24 hours in Apple Vision Pro had passed. What time is it? So that was 24 hours wearing the new Apple Vision Pro. And I have so many thoughts about this. This was one of the most insane tech experiences I've ever 
had. Now, I know, this is a product you're probably supposed to be using only at home, maybe if you're flying somewhere on like a long road trip perhaps, but I want to take it to the extreme and actually use it outside in the world. It really felt like the future. Mm. I mean, things like grocery shopping, which is a very mundane, boring task, became fun, exciting, and a lot more engaging. No, don't you dare say that. You said it was stressful. Remember, you said it was stressful. You said buying groceries with the headset on was stressful because you had to pick up bread and it felt like you were in a game. Like, don't, don't fucking wreck on it now. Don't change your fucking stance. You said buying groceries was stressful. <laughs> I remembered. And just being able to be able to place windows wherever you want them in your world and they just kind of stay there and they don't move at all is just... It's crazy. I've never experienced technology like this. I definitely was getting a lot of looks wearing this outside in the mall, on the streetcar, on the subway, uh, but nobody really cared that much. I feel like living in a big city wearing something like this, there's uh, you know far worse things to, to be worried about and there's you know a lot more to be concerned about. Now actually wearing this thing, walking around, traveling with it, I was expecting to feel really nauseous and sick and I've had bad experiences with other kind of augmented reality VR headsets before, so I was a little bit worried, but mostly with this, even wearing it a full day, I uh, wasn't really bothered too much. So everybody that's been saying that it's been really heavy have been pussies. I've read so many and watched so many reviews of people online saying, it's really heavy to wear all day and I can only wear it a couple of hours. Like, bro, how weak is your neck? How weak is your fucking neck that you can't put on a pair of goggles? for more than an hour that's what everyone's been saying like they have to add the extra strap on or that there's like an extra like helmet type of strap that alleviates some of the weight and maybe kind of you know um spreads the weight to the back a little bit but this kid is saying it's perfectly fine some people are saying it's too heavy it's too heavy it's like bro come on man stiffen your neck up bro get on your knees a little bit and make your neck a bit stronger it's also not that heavy of a headset i really didn't even notice the weight wearing it all day but yeah it is something that you probably don't want to wear all day anyways so that's pretty much it 24 hours in apple vision pro stay tuned more content is on the way with this headset be sure to subscribe if you so i like it man i like his review i think that was a good way to kind of see how it kind of works or looks in I IRL, right? In somebody doing their everyday chores, right? Going to the coffee shop, doing their groceries, meeting their friends, going for dinner. The only thing you didn't see is him going to a bar and having a drink somewhere, wearing it, which would be odd. Um, I remember when I used to, um, or when I first started, sorry, going to bars and taking my book with me um, and going to, you know, going to have a fucking cocktail and reading my book, I would always get weird looks. And then, of course, over time, it became like a thing now. People start doing, especially post-pandemic, I feel like people are now going outdoors more on their own and just, you know, whatever people are maybe getting older. I don't know what it is, but it definitely has changed. But I definitely noticed at the beginning when I used to do it, I used to get looked at a bit weird. Um, but for having my book and sitting down having a cocktail, I wonder what people would look, what, how people would react if you went to a cocktail bar and you just had your headset on and you were listening to an audiobook or something or you were browsing the internet like everyone else does. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like bars and pubs are sometimes places where you feel like a bit of a loser or you feel like a bit of a loner or you feel like you're just um signaling to everybody around you that you're bored when you pull out your phone i don't know if this me and it's my own insecurity but whenever i'm at a bar and i pull out my phone especially for a long time it almost feels as if like you've got nothing 
going on you know what i mean like you're that scared of your environment um you feel so um you know awkward around the, the space that you're in that you're kind of pulling out your phone as like a comfort because you know you know you kind of are familiar with that but you're not familiar with being in the real life space so i wonder if this will be different i'm just wondering with that but i would love to um you know I would love to use it. I'm not going to lie, especially to record things and just live with it day to day. Um, I'm interested to see what the second iteration is going to be like. Similar to the AirPod Maxes, um, I really wanted a pair of AirPod Maxes, the Apple versions of their, you know, um, over the ear um, noise cancelling headphones. But I feel like the current design is a bit too clunky looking. It's a little bit too cumbersome, a little bit too big and bulky. So I can't wait until the Mark II of the um, AirPod Maxes come out because I feel like they're going to be a little bit more sleeker and they're going to maybe change some things, maybe make them a bit more foldable and not have that horrible bag. And I think the same thing's going to happen with the Apple Vision Pro. I think the second iteration, the Apple Vision Pro Mark II, is going to be amazing. It's going to be really fucking cool. It's probably, it probably end up being thinner than what we're seeing. The design's probably going to change. They're going to update some features. They're going to get loads of info and insights from people who've been using the Apple Vision Pro now. But I'm all really, really looking forward to seeing what the fucking second iteration of this thing looks like. Cause I think it's going to look sensational. And, um, yeah this is the beginning of the change this is going to be the change and it's never going to go backwards i think same with ai how we've seen how ai has basically changed people's lives for the better and for the worse i feel like spatial computing is going to be here to stay especially since apple's invested so much into it especially it's given the novelty because i think mkbhd mentioned it the other day um there hasn't really been anything new in the tech space for a while right all the smartphones look the same um tv screens and monitors and whatever have kind of maxed out um cameras are kind of where they're at in terms of form and what they can do but in terms of everything else in terms of computing in terms of laptops and um, desktop computers and shit and whatever nothing's really gone anywhere and especially with vr headsets they've all kind of been a little bit clunky nothing's really kind of hit out of the park um there's not been an all-in-one unit everyone kind of like swears by and i feel like the apple vision pro is the closest thing to it and like i said it's the it's the only thing that's kind of interesting now in tech um all the smartphones look the same right everyone's copied the iphone sort of like rectangular design but at least now we've got a different type of headset a different type of design a different type of experience and i think it's going to change things for the better and of course for the worse but um i think we're already in a bad place anyway because people are generally on their phones way too much people care way too much about fucking comments and likes and metrics and engagements and shit people overuse filters so we're already living in a fake quasi digital weird you know dystopian world as it is so at least with the apple vision pro you get a you get a you get an option to kind of you get the option to make the world as you see it like as you want it to be seen like basically you get to beautify the world and kind of live to kind of live through it in a different way kind of thing if you get what i mean so i'm all for it man i'm all for it i can't wait to see how it develops i can't wait to see the different iterations and i also can't wait to see how other people use it further down the line i think it's going to be absolutely incredible i'm really for it i'm, I'm not gonna lie i am honestly honestly on it um what's what people are saying in the chat um ricky pitcher saying too much computing necessary to keep this going now i think it's gonna i think i think they're gonna figure out ways to make it smaller and smaller thinner um smaller chips more battery life they're gonna they're gonna figure out a way to get the computing computing there will there'll be no such thing as too much my friend no such thing um it's gonna make them bank and it's gonna you know go to the moon 
as uh, you know for lack of a better term um cloud k20 says i think it has the uses but a lot of the ways that they promote it is silly a proper advancement would require more processing power yeah for sure like i said like um ricky pitcher mentioned i think there's going to be way more advances going on in the future um uche they'll probably have an eyeglass version in a few years exactly you remember how clunky and how awful the the original google glasses looked? do you remember the, the original google glasses let me see if i can get it up here the original google lens they were fucking horrendous right really really bl- like horrible looking and now you've got snapchat glasses that look like ray-bans do you remember like look do you remember this that was the original google glass right or lens thing that they made back in the day with this kind of this thin sort of like y2k era looking lens thing with this massive camera unit bulky thing on the side right it just looked a bit too bait right you look like a fucking knock wearing these type of things and now you have these snapchat ray-bans that just look like regular ray-bans you can't even tell that they have fucking got a camera on them do you know what I mean? So clearly things are advancing and evolving at a breakneck speed to the point where they sell these fucking Snapchat glasses, these goggles or whatever, right? I, I forgot the actual term. No, I think, no, they're actually called smart glasses, sorry. And you literally cannot tell that they have a camera, you know? You cannot tell. Look at it. Look how much sleeker it looks. Like the one at the bottom here, I guess, is the older version or another brand. And the one at the top here is a Snapchat version. And just on the rivets, on the corners there where you usually have that little brand marking with a little silver thing that's where the cameras are so just imagine in a few years time what the apple vision pro end up looking like with these advancements that you're seeing in these other glasses it's going to look absolutely incredible it really is going to look incredible so i can't wait to see how it evolves i really cannot wait to see how it ends up evolving quickly moving on i want to talk about this regarding dj mag big up dj mag it's regarding the cause the cause opens its new site its fullest form after 18 months soft launch djs have been announced um i've been to the cause a few times their original location was i think in tottenham if i'm not mistaken and now their their location now is kind of like in a part of east london but it's not really technically east london it's kind of central london kind of or it's like east central east south london i don't know how to really describe it but um the cause is a really core club here in london um we don't really have a lot of good clubs anyway and obviously the best one being fold but because fold is the best one a lot of clubs are trying to copy what fold do and copy maybe some of their booking policies copy how they do stuff on social media how they program uh, you know even the inside of their club and shit but i feel like the cause did a really good job because they're very unique in how they approach it it's not they're not trying to copy anybody else um they have really different nights to what they have over the fold um they approach stuff differently on their social medias especially when it comes to the pictures and stuff and the art direction behind it and i just like kind of what they do and if every, the times i've gone to fold they've been really good nights but really random like one time you could be in a room full of literal sweaty 25 year olds and another time you could be in a room full of literal 60 year olds i guess depending on who's fucking playing so i love that it has that kind of appeal whereas maybe fold is maybe a little bit you know there's kind of a set kind of age range that always goes out i feel like cause has a very much varied kind of clientele um and i also like the different rooms that they have and shit um i've gone to a new location 60 dock road and the last time i went was when they had odonis i didn't really enjoy myself too much but that could be because i wasn't on any drugs i wasn't drinking and i went really late and i was kind of in a bad mood so i think those things probably didn't help um that i turned up you know at a rave at like 3 a.m to go and see i think cormac place so that wasn't the greatest but um i do really like the club so it's good to hear that they've opened this permanent space up for the next few months and shit so it's just courtesy of dj mag it says 
London's Accords has officially uh, fully opened its site at 60 Dock Road after an 18-month soft launch. That might be the longest soft launch I've ever seen in my entire life, but that also is um, a kind of representation of how shitty, like, London club space, you know, how the London kind of, like, um, property development area is and stuff because essentially clubs are you know forced to close down due to gentrification and neighbors complaining and shit and essentially when clubs do open they kind of have to open in a little bit like a cloak and dagger way they kind of have to do it on the sly they kind of have to lie that it's a soft launch it's a temporary space just so they can get on the good side of the neighbors and not bring too much attention to themselves so that might have been part of the whole thing or it could have been because it was a temporary space and things have changed now but that's a really long time of a temporary space it continues it says two years after closing its beloved Tottenham Hale venue the clubbing institute um, is um, set to launch a sexy dock road location in its fullest form this week um, having hosted a series of events at the site of its building phase the course 2.0 features five indoor rooms ranging from 60 to 1000 capacity state-of-the-art sound systems lighting by sensory studio Martin audio and noise control audio kicking off the year at the venue the course will host its welcome to 2024 party this weekend on the 27th featuring optimo and um, pablo boozy wow man that's a fucking good lineup optimo pablo boozy bin Susie ijo lola harrow and katya a sub of names have also been announced for the up and coming seasons including flodan by the way big up flodan um grammy winning flodan he might be the first person from newham to actually um win a grammy which is fucking incredible so big up flodan um you got a special request tim reaper sully katya avian christ dr rubenstein who i'm a big fan of sakaria michelle mananti the cause also has announced a number of party brands on board for 2024 including adonis wigflix percolate and avian crisis trance party and latin american queer collective tusi Pera. oh wow tusi Pera was going to have a resident night there that's pretty cool um due to the current economic climate the site at 60 dock road is still a temporary um home for the cause and will operate around the day-to-day operations of a large-scale um set designers ateliers photographers artists and creative enterprises and smes and startups Stuart glenn co-founder of the cause said bringing the beast back to our team um back that our team created in tottenham has been a huge challenge but finally it feels like a, the place we can settle into at least for the time being just like our original site the temporary nature of the meaning um the temporary nature of the meanwhile spaces in which we we operate should never be underestimated enjoy it while it lasts um, which is going to be quite cool it creates a little bit of you know anticipation right a little bit of a FOMO there so you're going to want to go um, since closing his Tottenham site cause crew has continued to put on events in London and further afield including a pop-up in Hackney Wick blah 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 and there's also um, a really cool video here where they kind of speak about what happened a little promo thing we're going to play here as well courtesy of the cause Instagram account that kind of shows you what the vibe is now in the newly refurbished and put together cause let's play this now oops let me let me reload that and see if it loads again is it gonna load again one more time Let's refresh that. Let's refresh that just to make sure it kind of loads on time. Let's go. It all began in 2018. A single room DIY club space in an ex-car mechanics in Tottenham. Growing to one of the biggest and most respected clubs in London, only to shut our doors at the beginning of 2022 due to development. 
thought our journey was over. Looks really cool on the inside, not gonna lie. I like the way it looks. LEDs, nice. Big open spaces, disco balls. You know what's really sad about London's clubbing scene at the moment? If you've noticed on that video, this club is basically an industrial estate. It's kind of where, similar to where I kind of grew up in a kind of Canning Town, Canning Town area, which is kind of near um, the XL building. It's a weird part of London because just across the river is all these amazing high rise, really cool, incredible flats that over, you know, that kind of overlook the, the the fucking river but then on the other side there's these dilapidated housing blocks and flats and stuff that i grew up in right but one of the weirdest things about london's clubbing scene is that nowadays clubs in order to survive they have to be built in like derelict areas they have to be built in like industrial estates because that's the only places you can build a club and have it you know really loud and whatever and boisterous and shit and neighbors not complain and not have it get closed down but then the issue is that usually these dilapidated um, industrial spaces end up then getting sold to property developers who then end up re renovating them and building flats and other luxury apartments and shit there. And then the, when the new people come in, they force the clubs to close. So the clubs are the ones that kind of make those areas pop. Basically classic gentrification case. But in London, it's probably the worst version of it these these places are fucking derelict there's only like warehouses and you know dockyards and fucking just nothing there basically no one actually living there clubs open up they bring a vibe there they bring a they, they kind of you know bolster the local economy they bring a community there people start to move there because they want to be closer to the clubs they want to maybe you know pursue a career in the arts or everything maybe and then when the property developers start building flats there because it becomes a popping pop area the first places to close are the clubs it must be so shitty being a club owner in the uk just as you're getting to start making something and it kind of gathers a bit of momentum suddenly the authorities say na 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 you have to close get the fuck out of here so that's the only annoying thing about living in london when it comes to this sort of thing but i think this is a good thing in general when it comes to the cause and i think it's going to be a good addition to the london landscape and i think it's going to be good also to alleviate some pressure from fold because as much as i love fold i think there's too much attention put on it because it's the only half decent club there needs to be other options and also i think it's good for competition for the punters myself included if there's different clubs operating at the same level it's going to make sure that they're both kind of competing at the top level so that you can pick from the best places to go to on every given weekend so big up the cause can't wait to go visit it can't wait to go visit it moving on we got this really interesting um post here courtesy of dance system um formerly known as elvis um from the legendary label um flipping night slugs i'm sure most of you are aware of him right or formerly known as sorry elvis 1999 1990 um he put up a really interesting post that i thought um i wanted to kind of you know basically cover regarding djs and regarding the whole hard techno scene thing that's been kind of taken over um you know this 
the scene at large or maybe the party tune vibe thing which has been kind of a thing that's been permanent fixture in clubbing space and in music you've been hearing and most of it is basically relating to a lot of DJs in the scene now going out and playing I don't know Britney Spears records Christina Aguilera records quote-unquote fun records to basically soften up the vibe on the dance floor and a lot of like established DJs are kind of getting annoyed by it because essentially those records are kind of bangers right it's like playing the best you know it's like playing a Beyonce edit a Justin Timberlake edit a rihanna edit right and playing on a dance floor of course it's going to absolutely smash but you can't have a full hour of a set full of just bangers it doesn't work um i you know i'm not sure about you guys but i don't really enjoy those type of djs anyway and it's not really a fun um way to party because you end up kind of you know blowing your load way too early so i think this dance system guy had some really good points to make regarding that and obviously um it kind of ties into how he kind of sees himself as an artist but i thought he makes a very astute point so i'm going to read here courtesy of his instagram account so his caption says a note i wrote to myself in july last year and the note itself says the following when i brought back dance system in 2019 the landscape of the dance music was a very different place fun was kind of lost in a sea of serious techno in her tech house i saw dance system as an antidote to that post-covid we all came out and bought the party vibes playing tracks to bring joy to an audience that had been locked down for two years the party train didn't stop though and it's become the norm and i'm tired of it and i have to agree i'm kind of tired of it too i'm not gonna lie going to going out nowadays and hearing fucking britney spears edits it's like come on it's kind of boring now but people like it so it is what it is i guess it's hard to challenge an audience these days after they've been overfed on bangers this is what um, is expected of the world I have found myself in. I thought I could play a role at a party guy, but the truth is I'm a weirdo. I'm an art school. I'm a weirdo art school kid with something to say. You kind of have to cringe when you type that, right? I know we're all in our own way weirdo art school kids anyway, right? I'm, I'm, I'm sure most of us probably in that world, but you kind of have to cringe when you type that out in the notes yourself. If you don't cringe you're probably a bit of a cunt to be fair but anyway let's continue i tried my hardest with the work it to make um it, to make it work as a party guy and chase financial success but it did nothing but leave me feeling empty inside i'm now trying to reinvent the way i view success and happiness in this industry that is a slave to the monolithic corporations oh fuck off mate <laughs> all right i need to step outside of it Dance music has always been an outsider music, not part of the big mass media. Too late now, it definitely is. I need to stay 100% true to myself and my artistic vision, even if it means a, I'm a tot it's a total reset. Next, the last one. I'm not interested in this big dangling um, that you can... What's that? I'm not interested in this big dangling that you can never reach of increasing fame and money. I just want to make art that fills my soul. Uh, feeds my soul that others can um, relate to as much as uh, and and have more meaningful level than anything that's being smashed and danced to i want to challenge confuse and twist people's minds in my music and live show i'm not interested in just playing the bangers for anyone now it means no joy it brings me no joy it's just a dopamine hit that leaves my soul wanting more i want to create experiences that will stick with the audience for their whole life <laughs> I've got a huge problem with DJs that do this sort of stuff. Like, I think it's it's a thing that happens to most artists. I don't know why it is particular with DJs, but they love to complain. They love to moan. They love to bitch and cry about things that really don't matter. At the level that Elvis is at, 
at the level that dance system is at you can play what the fuck you want you've already earned that right because of all the prior brilliant work you've done via your own stuff and obviously with the tying of the label that you're on with night stocks and stuff like you basically got a fan base that's going to follow you around the world around the country until the day you stop making music right or until the day you stop actually performing so you can actually get away with playing way more than i can get away with because i'm still trying to like make a name for myself so i probably have way more of a pressure on myself when I go and play in clubs and stuff to maybe play some of the bangers because people don't know who I am. So I have to kind of quote unquote earn their respect, right? Or earn the right to play. But when you're somebody like Kim and you already got a name, you can literally do what you want. So the fact that they get on these apps and they start writing these manifestos or these proclamations and start kind of crying online, it really does confuse me because like at this stage, if you can't play what you want now, when will you ever be able to play what you want? If you're out here doubting that you can play this and play that, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. And when it comes to DJing, I've always felt like a DJ is somebody that always has like a point of view on music, has a point of view on what would sound good in a club, has an idea or a perspective of how they would like dance music to sound like. And that's all it is. It's not that difficult. It's just your taste about, it's, it's just your taste level of music, basically. And I feel like if you can't do that in a club and you're afraid or you make the the dancers force you to choose how you play or what you play then maybe you shouldn't be a dj maybe you should do something else you know what i mean if you're feeling that pressured and you can't do what you want you can't express yourself how you want then why even bother doing it it doesn't make any sense i understand the hard techno thing the bangers thing is annoying i get it but i'm a big believer in just focusing on doing the things that you actually enjoy and spending less time crying about the things that you don't enjoy, especially when it comes to like music, especially when it comes to creative expression, whatever it may be. Like there's a, there's an unlimited amount of people out there, like who are creating great, amazing things, creating cool, amazing parties and experiences that don't just prescribe to the whole bangers, hard techno thing. Go and support them. Go and pitch your an idea to play at their sort of party it's not that hard it really isn't that difficult um but people just i don't know prefer to complain and prefer to pontificate online about these sort of things but then i also think maybe a part of this is like i've always felt like with some djs i'm not too sure if this is the case with dance system but i feel like with some djs similar to like some of the top comedians i feel like they have this thing about them where they sort of slightly on the sly deep down in secret despise their audience maybe it's because when you start making art or you start creating art when you start becoming an entertainer whatever it may be you start off very small you start off with a very hardcore audience but then obviously the more success you have the more popular you become the bigger your fan base becomes and the big the more wide and variety it is but sometimes the demands are different so maybe the audience that you had when you started is very different to one you have now 10 years down the line in your artistic journey so maybe you despise the audience that you have now because they're demanding things of you that you don't want to do anymore. But I, I always feel like that's part of the job. Part of the job of being an artist or being a DJ is that you're almost like a service, you're, you're, you're almost in service of the people standing in front of you. It's never just like a human jukebox thing, right? You're not a human jukebox. I'm not a human jukebox. I think some of the things I used to hate when I used to play out a lot were people requesting tunes. It almost felt a bit insulting when you're playing and they were telling you what to play. But that's kind of the relationship. You kind of have to have a bit of back and forth. And if the people nowadays want bangers, 
you should find a way to play bangers within the stuff that you like to play and kind of slip it in and feed them in here bits and bobs but you don't have to be completely dictated by them but you should be appeasing some of the things that they kind of want to have and if you don't then you need to do a hard reset and kind of start again and maybe clear out the decks or completely change the direction of what you want to play but i just don't like the complaining because there's no need to especially if you're at a level of this type of dj like dance system you have the ability to play anywhere in the world you get booked at all the best clubs you play at all the best festivals like no one's really forcing you to play a certain way really even promoters they might they might have an idea of what you play they might ask you to play a theme or whatever or a vibe but they're not going to tell you precisely we want bangers so the fact that he's complaining like this is a bit odd but djs love this sort of stuff as you can see here one of my other favorite djs called Symphy she also added her opinion to the comments or in the in the reply sorry in the comments of the post that he put up sorry and where she says this resonates so much with me i've also been thinking about it a lot i mean everyone has different tastes but the stuff but this stuff but this hard techno stuff gets a bit boring plus the commercial party euro trash stuff is what made us go to the clubs back in the days instead of commercial discos music and vibes were so much nicer i'd stay stick with to what you feel like it might have take a bit longer to get noticed but quality always is long is lost stays longer also are we ready to sell your souls for two thousand and fifty two are we ready to sell our souls for 250 yet nope well i don't know why Symphy's complaining because she's one of the best house djs and producers in the world and i think most people know what her sound is and what her vibe is about so if you go to a party and you're expecting Cynthia to play like a britney spears edit you're probably not paying close attention so again you shouldn't really feel this shouldn't make you feel any type of way that people are playing hard dance hard techno you know fucking pop edits it shouldn't really bother you when you're one of the best djs in the world but again djs love to complain another big dj um om unit said something as well um i feel you and i wasn't even a party guy crowds are really twitchy now not really i don't think it's again like i don't understand why these guys get so twitchy they get so nervous about crowds being twitchy because they feel like oh they want bangers it's like if they want bangers just don't play it you're the one that's in charge you're the one standing in front of the turntables you can decide what you want to play it's not that deep another person born dirty thanks for sharing g i've always felt that way and it's still do today it will always create and fight for what my soul screams my soul screams like all right mate give your head a wobble fucking drink a glass of water mate to create but to create but it's hard for sometimes to find a, a quiet space to hear what your guts are telling you you know how you find a quiet space you take off your headphones you turn off your phone and you actually focus on the music but people don't do that they just pontificate about this nonsense um telling you all the all the saturation and noise of this industry is asking for numbers and results instead of depth and authenticity this is this is the kind of conversations people have when they feel like they're not winning when they're not winning they see other people winning they blame it on the industry and the things that it's like bro maybe the majority of people are right Maybe that music that they want at this current moment is the right thing. But there's always spaces for you. That's a good thing about, I think, dance music anyway. Just because the most popular person out there is getting millions of dollars for playing the most baitiest, horrible music, it doesn't mean you can't also have a career. And it doesn't invalidate the whole scene because they're up there. There's all these different nooks and crannies you can always occupy. So it shouldn't really matter what what is happening with the whole euro trash hard taking the thing anyway really and truly but again you know they just like to complain um sorotsai also said the same thing she says make music weird again 
again, Sorosa is one of the best DJs out there. She was also one of the co-founders of one of the best kind of queer alternative festivals here in London called Body Movement Festival. You can do what you want. Like you shouldn't, if you want to make me weird music, just make it, play it. No one, you know what I mean? You're a big DJ. Why are you complaining? Another one, Mickey, Maggie Ward. I have a note on my phone very similar to this. Fuck the system, make art for you. Do it then, innit? Why are you crying? Another one, um putting it here too when you real when you're real about your art the long game always wins sometimes it doesn't <laughs> let's let's also say that sometimes it doesn't winning meaning your content because you aren't sacrificing a part of it the rest of the bonus um the power of saying no maybe english isn't her first language another one bless madonna she says i don't have to tell you how i feel about this i love you bro i'm here with you Another one, we we go getting back into the cooler shaka, bro. I feel this so hard, James. I love this. I love when people do this. I love when people who know you, who know the artist in real life, mention the actual artist's real name instead of just their artist name. Hey, James, I definitely get you, man. It's like, bro, okay, we get it. You're friends with the guy. Like, jog on, you fucking knob. Another one, excited to hear. Um, excited to hear what comes next, pal. Well, you've always had my support all right bring back elvis 1999 another one yes my brother but yeah everybody and, and let's say the last one declare fifi it's apparent a lot of us feel like this but not many speak about it why don't you speak about it then again how much of a pussy you have to be not to just say hey i don't really like this hard techno thing it's a bit cringe it's a bit annoying what's so like controversial about what he said it's not really that is that not going to get you a booking because you said you don't like all the fucking britney spears edits that's not a big thing. To, it's not a big, that's not a controversial opinion to have. A controversial opinion to have is like, there's only two genders. Like that, if you want to really cause a fucking debate, say there's only two genders. Go on, say that. Then you're going to cause a debate. But saying fucking hard techno thing, you're not into it, you don't like it. That's not really a, a, a bold opinion. Honestly, DJs are so fucking moist, man. So fucking moist. Um, but yeah, uh, big up everybody there. Ace Momo, remember the ballad? was that remember the ballad for the that one blue mine cowards onward sorry okay cool but big up dance system very much interested in his opinion i think what he said largely i agree with i think all the crying and complaining about what you're being forced to play because all the kids all the punters want a certain type of music is dumb i think if you're a true artist you always do what you think is right and what you think is true to you and then you obviously hope that it connects to the audience or you do a bit of both but complaining and crying that your audience is forcing you to play certain things is fucking foolish especially if you had a level of a dance system if you are a level of a claire fifi if you're a level of a Cindy, if you're a level of all these people on unit like all these people right so roadside like there's no way you can say <coughs> that the audience is forcing you because they're not they're definitely 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 not but again what do i know let me sip some water here because i'm just about to die here with my throat fucking getting tighter and tighter and tighter maybe i'm fucking you know i'm fucking sucking on some um you know on some things <laughs> in my brain but big up everybody tuning in live i appreciate if you're here and you're still enjoying what you're seeing and you're liking what you see make sure you're smashing the like button down below next on the list let's talk about rick owens full 2024 menswear so i didn't mention this before because i forgot 
But I think Rick Owens for 2024 men's um, that showcased in Paris was legitimately one of my favorite uh, menswear collections of date to date. Sorry, um, most of you know that I have an extreme love affair with Rick Owens. I have many, many pieces of Rick Owens in my wardrobe at the moment. I'm currently running, training lifting weights and dieting and fasting and stuff so i can fit back into a lot of that stuff right so that's how much i love the clothes i love the clothes so much i am punishing my body in all manners of ways in order to fit back into the stuff that i can't fit into at this current moment so i absolutely fucking love rick owens and this collection here might be one of my favorites that i've seen to date just because of the of the description of how rick owens is talking about some of the things that he's obviously designing in this actual show and one of the things that stood out to me that i absolutely loved that i wanted to mention was obviously some of these weird alien like um inflatable boots that he kind of did in collaboration with this designer from central st martins he's a young kid i forgot his name precisely but they're really cool they're basically um i think they're inflatable essentially there's these inflatable things that go around your fucking legs up above your knee and they look absolutely mental um obviously they're gonna be very very divisive and very marmite to most people right that fucking see them but the thing i love the most about this absolute collection apart from some of the outwear that looks fucking fantastic great shorts is the addition of these kiss boots these kiss boots from rick owens most of you will know what the rick owens kiss boots look like they've always been a bit difficult for me to wear or always been difficult for me to picture myself wearing um because they're very extreme looking right i'll kind of show you what they kind of look like right rick owens uh kiss boots they're ones i've always kind of wanted to wear but they kind of just look a little bit too much out there for me and i wanted maybe to kind of have them smoothed out but having heard what rick owens spoke about in terms of the theme for the full 2024 show it seems like he purposely made these shoes to be a little bit extra and to kind of stand out from the pack in terms of essentially the upper design is essentially just a classic chelsea boot but he's basically made him in a Rick Owens version where he's added these really chunky metal plates at the front that make him look like new rock boots. You've got this exaggerated, very, very high um, forefoot that makes the shoe look inc that's incredibly, incredibly high. I don't know if it adds like six inches to it or something. And then you've got this incredible transparent heel and there's all this space in between. So essentially he makes them into like a men's version of a, of a high heel shoe. That could easily be a wedge if this was kind of filled in and the heel wasn't transparent they'd probably be a lot more easier to wear and it probably would end up appealing to more people but the fact that they look the way that they look is definitely something that kind of makes them stand out from most shoes that are available out there in the market right especially when it comes to like the traditional chelsea boot that you kind of know and love and obviously as you can see here from the silhouette they look very very feminine looking when you see them from the side because of the addition of the heel but even more so when you have the translucent heel but what i love about the updated version that they featured in the full 2024 collection is that from what i can see again i've got these screenshots that are really hard to see the picture actual quality of them is not the greatest because it's taken from the actual live video feed of the runway show but as you can see here He's taken that boot that I love or that I wanted to wear and he's basically made it look a little bit more like a motorcycle boot. So similar to like a Saint Laurent Wyatt boot. So it's got the harness on the side here so the buckle harness on the side here is a bit more flat on the forefoot and it's got a little bit more of a square toe whereas on these versions that you see here they're a bit more pointy they look a little bit more dare i say camp 
but I think this version is probably the closest version that you're going to get to a Rick Owens kiss boot that is a lot more quote-unquote straight it, it doesn't make sense I know but this these look like the hetero versions of the fucking Rick Owens kiss boots as opposed to the these ones that look way more gayer and way more camp and way more extreme and way probably more striking but these definitely are the ones that kind of fit in a little bit more with everyday people now the funny thing about it now saying that is that on the review of this collection rick owens mentioned that the theme of this was basically he wanted to create clothing that allowed you to stand out at an airport i think i think he said something like oh he doesn't like how uniform we are at airports how everybody has the same sort of attire and he wants to kind of bring back the idea of like you know standing out dressing up and kind of being other um when you rock up at an airport which is something that i've always kind of felt about myself when i go traveling as well because i'm definitely somebody that's kind of acquiesced inside to wear tracksuits more whenever i'm catching flights i'm not really actually dressing up and you know because i remember when i grew up when you'd go to the when you'd go on holiday with your parents they'd make you wear like going out clothes on the plane right you'd actually wear like your smart clothes but that would go to the airport in a suit but nowadays you go to airports and people are literally in their pajamas right they're literally wearing sweats and shit because they want to be comfortable they don't want to be like you know they don't want to feel fucking um all tight and shit on the plane wearing their jeans or their nice outfits so i like the fact that he's made these clothes like look at this fucking crazy look here on number 19 where you've got this incredible fabric wrapped around um the the model and it kind of creates this weird knot but i guess it's kind of essentially it's like a it's like a cloak or it's like a shawl or basically a really big scarf that kind of transforms itself into a coat but imagine trying to wear this in an airport imagine having to take this off while you're going through while you're going through the flipping you know while you're going through the security gates um which has happened to me plenty of times whenever i've worn like a big jacket or something or even big boots i always have to fucking take them off so as much as i like the idea of having these clothes stand make you stand out when you're at an airport the only issue would be you'd have to fucking deflate these boots you would have to take off these ma amazing long jackets and kind of re-put everything back on again in order to kind of acquiesce with all the fucking airport demands but some of the outwear pieces are absolutely incredible um i love some of the jackets i love some of the hoodies again there's a really good ed update edition again of the um what you call it the ramones i, I forgot what they're called are they ramones or not ramones i've got the fucking name of them uh geo baskets i said geo baskets there's a pair of rico and geo baskets that have also been updated you can't actually see them here on these screenshots but they look like they've got an extra thicker sole and they look like they're a bit higher. They've kind of increased some inches at the top here because I've had a pair of these before. I've had a couple of pair of these before, a, a, a couple of pairs of these over the years, the black and white geo baskets. But it look like they've added another thicker sole and they've made the collar a little bit higher here at the back. So it looked pretty cool. So those are the two things I kind of spotted that I really liked. And the other thing that I went to mention lastly was the addition of this ball. I've not seen what it is. I'm hoping it's some sort of like bag but models were carrying around this ball that was on a chain around their neck and i'm hoping it's some sort of like um bag that you can or a compartment that you can kind of use where you can screw it open and put shit in it and stuff because that would be a, an excellent place to hide drugs when i'm going clubbing and shit where you can kind of have this kind of chain that you wear but it's got like a secret compartment you can click open and you can put all your fucking gear on the inside there and not worry about people searching your pockets so i'm hoping that is the case or it might just be a bit of jewelry with the ball there but i do like that ball chain at the end of it because i can stuff as many drugs as i want in there and then i won't be able you know i won't be spotted when i'm in there because one of the weirdest things about going to clubs is always the walk up until the club and you're fucking having to you know take your drugs and fucking stuff it down your balls and if you know me and my body 
and you've been near me, you know I'm a very sweaty guy, so you can just imagine what my fucking under my nuts must look like when I'm stuffing my, you know, my stuff down there, and then I'm having to pull it out and ingest it. So it's like, I mean, it's a bit nasty. I understand it's a bit TMI for some of you out there, but I love to share. And you, sometimes you guys love it when I share. So I'm hoping that some of you guys aren't eating and you're not picturing the thought of me stuffing my very big hands down inside my balls and stuffing some of those plastic baggies in between my nutsack in order to make sure that I have a fun time when I party. I hope you're not picturing that. I really do hope you're not picturing that. But if you are picturing it, I'm sorry. Anyway, continuing on from that, let's talk about Jound. Jound have also released um, extra pictures of their New Balance 2002R Gore-Texes. And I fucking love them, bro. I know I'm a bit of a Jound apologist. I'm a Jound fucking nut hugger. I love Justin Saunders because he featured my shoes on his blog back in the day, right? His incredible mood blog. Sorry, his, his incredible mood board blog thing that used to exist on Tumblr. They moved on to Blogger. Now it's turned into a whole fucking operation and a whole brand and a whole, you know, design studio and shit. He does loads of cool collaborations. The recent one he did with Crocs, I really loved very artfully done all white pair of crocs all gray pair of crocs with some gold accents and now he's back with another pair of new balances this time the 2002 r model and it's got gore-tex an addition of gore-tex added to it so not only do you get this amazing new bucky suede upper that's going to look amazing once it wears in you've also got the added benefit of these being gore-tux gore-tex gore-tex um added as well onto them so let's read a bit of the blurb here it says this second iteration of the new balance 2002 r by jound merges aspects of the performance seamlessly into the contemporary design tall to be accommodating to the wintry urban demands the shoes dim saturated color palettes communicate its utility additionally the classic suede and mesh upper okay so it's not even new but it's suede nice suede and mesh upper is subtly balanced by a functionality and protecting the provide the models reflective properties and the gore-tex insulation so you've got the ability to have the gore-tex on the outer and then with the you know the sorry the the mesh on the outer and then you've got the ability to have the gore-tex on the inner so you can technically step in puddles and still have your foot be dry love it and because you've got these muted colors once you step in puddles and it dries out most likely the hue of these shoes will change so this will probably be a bit more washed out both colors will definitely end up getting more washed out but the green will still run but what's amazing is that over the time you would imagine because the suede will wash out more these accents as the laces or the accent with the n they'll start to pop out more you know that's a really cool thing when you start mess when you start mixing materials like switch suede and nubuck or sorry when you start mixing stuff like mesh and suede when the suede ends up fading out um bits of the other accents which are leather or whatever they may be will end up popping out more because of all the washed out colors on the upper so i think that's a really great little subtle and clever design choice that's really going to make these stand out and pop they're priced 190 usd and the collaboration will launch on the 15th of february available on john.com and then the 22nd available on all new balance sites so i'm going to show you some more pictures here to kind of give you an idea on why i love these and why i think they're fucking fantastic courtesy of jound um they look absolutely beautiful i love everything about these so look at that 
You've got this amazing grey upper here. Loads of suede all over the upper. I love that it's got like a solid um, colour block on the midsole and the outsole. I think sometimes when you're having darker colourways, it can be tempting to kind of break up the colours by having a white midsole. But I sometimes do like this, um, you know, one tone block of an outsole and midsole where it's all one colour because it just creates a little bit of like structure and depth and makes them look a bit thicker and whatnot. I kind of do like that. I'm not going to lie and then obviously you've got the addition of the suede um you've got addition here of some leather bits i think right you've got leather on the on the end you've got some leather or 3m accents here and you've got the mesh on different parts there as well look absolutely beautiful absolutely beautiful I absolutely love these um the look here from up down above when you're wearing them looks great also you've got the nice jound hits there on the insole so everyone knows when you take off your shoes when you go mosque everyone will see what you're wearing and then you've also got how they look now here from the from the down up from looking down um or looking up from down whatever it may be <laughs> you got this of the mesh and shit on there too so they look pretty cool and i also want to see the green colorway actually let's actually do oh look at the mid look at that oh look at the instep on there I love that little adjacent there on the midsole. This little web design here on the midsole looks fucking great. These look so cool. And then I guess my favorite color, actually, I've got to be honest, is the greens. I think the greens are definitely my favorite color. That olive green color is fucking beautiful. And again, once this, once this kind of like catches some dirt and water and it kind of fades out and you beat these up a little bit, these are going to look fucking brilliant especially with the combination with the mesh and the laces and shit like they look absolutely great i think the green is definitely my favorite color of them all they look so 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 fucking good um so yeah i can't wait for these to drop and there's also a picture here of the model wearing them that also makes them look pretty cool as well as you can see here the model's wearing a nice long overcoat a nice little jacket some jeans or some pants i don't think they're actually jeans and obviously a pair of the gray ones but they've got thinner laces here so i'm not too sure if they actually do they actually come those laces look a little bit outdoorsy it looks like they've got like pull string um solomon type laces yeah so you got different yeah so you got these laces here you got these drawstring laces as well that you can use as well if you want uh, i guess elasticated more like solomon's where you got like the little um you know little clips where you can add so if you want to lace them like normally with regular flat laces or you want these kind of drawstring laces you can also use them they look pretty cool i'm not gonna lie but um i think the greens for me are the best ones even though the grays on this kid he looks he makes them look good in his shoot i think definitely the greens for me are the ones that hit the most i like the greens the greens here look absolutely banging um can't wait for these to end up dropping i will try my best to get a pair but you know I, I don't usually get good luck on these fucking things but who knows maybe it will change maybe it will change with these but yeah jound new balance 202s due to come out very very soon keep an eye out for them if you are that way inclined make sure you keep an eye out for them because they look absolutely banging i cannot complain i really 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 cannot complain and then moving on from that one, I quickly actually wanted to show you this before we continue um, regarding United actually playing West Ham. So as most of you guys know, um, United played Wolves um, a few days ago away from home, an absolutely difficult place to go to, but we ended up winning 4-3 away from home. Really, really impressive result. I have to be honest, all things considered a really, really impressive result, especially considering that we were pinned back so late on in that match. Um, we were a very decent Pedro Neto goal, and then we ended up winning 
Leningrad at the end via an incredible, incredible Kobe Mano finish. If you haven't seen Kobe Mano's winning goal for United against Wolves to make it 4-3, I implore you to go and check it out. Maybe one of the best goals of the season to see him pick up the ball. He picked up the ball, nutmeg his defender, carry the ball into the box and then bend it. Side foot finish into the bottom corner away from the keeper's grass fucking perfection right absolutely beautiful to watch but we didn't play great um we gave what wolves loads of chances to come back into the game we didn't kill them off and but then uh, still three points on the board away from home great result this time around against west ham i think more of the same today's performance against west ham more of the same i'm not gonna lie um i think the best thing to come out of this game was definitely our defensive performance i think defensively we're incredibly solid ever since Alessandro martinez has come back even though he's injured now i'll speak about that more in a bit but i feel like defensively we looked way more secure even with onana coming back onana's been really up and down this season he didn't have a really good afcon he come right back into the team after bayenda played one game but so far has been okay it's not been that bad i'm not gonna lie and i think a lot of it has to do with Alessandro Martinez's um, reintroduction has a lot to do with Luke Shaw coming back from injury and has a lot to do as well with Casemiro playing in front of that defense I think Casemiro providing that screen providing that solidity providing that experience um, has definitely allowed us to look more defensively solid but attacking wise we're still a bit you know not really there if anything I think the game against Wolves was a really good indication of like you know Rashford's form I think that was incredible to see I think he carried in he's carried a little bit of that form into the West Ham game even though he was a bit quiet I feel like when he did get on the ball he did use it correctly he made the right decision he wasn't running into players and shit that was obviously great to see but in general the most best thing to come out of this was definitely the individual performances from obviously Hoyland and some of the finishes and overall play I think from Garnacho even though he was still disappointing so it's a very strange performance because I feel like this was the perfect time to face West Ham they had Paqueta out for some reason they sold uh, Berami they sold um, what's his name four nows really late in the window uh, Mikel Antonio is out injured so they're not really the most sharp when it comes up to attacking options up front and with the exception of maybe Bowen they don't really have much threats up there so I think it's probably the best option no Bowen and Kuda sorry obviously are two of their only outlets but without Paqueta in midfield creating um, without Berama to playing as well without fucking for now as an option of the bench they don't really have much attacking threats to really kind of trouble us so when they obviously you know when this fixture came around and those two players left and they've obviously got an injury record they got I was quietly confident that we could do something but I didn't expect to see a 3-0 win um, it's definitely he didn't expect to see us clean sheet but i thought we definitely had the firepower to probably um dismantle them um, i think the first goal was brilliant rasmus hoyland incredible i think he's been playing really well despite most of his teammates not passing the ball to him despite us not really playing to his strengths i feel like hoyland has done a really good job to kind of display and to illustrate how good of a striker he is he holds up the ball incredibly well and for somebody incredibly young he does really well in terms of coming short in terms of playing has being the playmaker something to bounce off from and i think his first goal was incredibly well taken he kind of shimmied on the inside faked to shoot with his left foot and then brought on his right foot and buried the ball in the bottom corner really really great finish and overall i think he played really well um Garnacho was a little bit hit and miss I think in the first half but as per usual the reason why he always plays is because he's one of our only constant threats on the wing he's probably been 
one of the only players in our attacking lineup that's always a threat when he gets the ball. Even if he faces a defender that puts him in his back pocket, he's always a willing runner. He's always willing to receive the ball under pressure. He's always willing to attack his defender, even if he's not going to get past them. He's always willing to try to shoot, even if he should pass. So I think that's one of the reasons why the coach, Erickson Haag, finds it hard to drop him or to rotate him. Because at the moment, um, Anthony's not really pulling up any trees and he's looking like we wasted a bunch of money. Sancho's out on loan and probably will be end up getting sold. Marshall's constantly injured and Rashford keeps having up and down seasons. So Garnacho has been the, probably the only steady, um, consistent person in our attacking lineup. But the issue is Garnacho is a young kid. He's still only 19. We shouldn't be relying on him that much, but we don't really have any other options. That's the only problem that we have, especially with Pleasury already out on loan. And it looks like um, Eric Ten Hag isn't the biggest fan of Ahmad. So that's the only option we have going forward. Um, but I do like that now that we have the defensive stability and we have midfield stability in some respects, especially with this Casemiro and Kobe Mino midfield, it's allowing Bruno Fernandes to not do defensive work and to be a little bit more further forward. And it's just providing a, a solid base so that even though we're not the most potent or we're not the most lethal up front, because we have a good defensive base, it gives the people up front an option or it gives them the space to kind of, you know, make mistakes. And then if they have a chance to bury them, because they know more than likely we're not going to concede a ton of goals when we're playing, you know, most of the time, Lissandra Martinez and Varane at the back and Dello, who's playing, who's had a really, a really great season. Shaw's come back and added some defensive stability. I mean, I'm not a biggest fan of his. And of course, you've got the screen. The only really negative of this game, I have to say, was the injury of Lissandra Martinez. The injury to Lissandra Martinez is such a big shame because he's been playing so well since he's come back from injury. But it was such a freak accident where he kind of went, I think he went to um, barge Kufau off of the ball as it was kind of getting played out. And Kufau kind of fell on his knee and it kind of bent the wrong way. But he fell really slowly. Like he didn't recognize he was on his knee. And it kind of really kind of pressed on his knee and it kind of looked like an ACL tear or some, or some I don't know, whatever, whatever, tendon is on the outside of your knees on the on yeah on, on either side it looked like he kind of maybe strained or pulled one of them he tried to play and continue on it didn't work it didn't happen and then of course he had to end up getting fucking subbed off in a game so that's the only real disappointing part of the game that one of our star defenders who's really made a lot of difference who kind of looks commanding at the back who's kind of really back to his best when he was with us um who looks like he's in incredible shape and just looks like he's on top of his game unfortunately is now going to be out for a considerable p period of time again you would imagine i'm just hoping maybe it's not going to be that serious maybe they're going to do their uh, you know their tests and stuff and they're going to work out and see that maybe even though it looked really bad it might be something that he could probably recover from with some rehabilitation i really do hope that's the case but it doesn't look good but overall again great three points especially off the back of um you know some big pretty dicey results beforehand um a great way to kind of um make sure that we're kind of keeping up the momentum of climbing little by little up the league again um, and just basically getting some confidence in these young players and making sure that we're kind of building bit by bit going forward but really decent result can't complain the stats are a bit uh, a bit deceiving West Ham 22 shots us only 12 but we win 3-0 three, <laughs> three again stats don't really matter when it comes to that side of things if anything improvement wise we had to see maybe a bit more possession of the ball a little bit more care of the ball I think Bruno Fernandes was a bit poor but I think over overall a decent result and we'll take that we'll definitely flipping take that all day long next on the list 
Stanley Cup madness. Stanley Cup madness. Most of you will know that I've been talking about Stanley Cups because I've got my own Stanley here, right? I've got like a cheaper version of the one that everyone has here. I think it's like a 75 liter one or something. I've never it's a it's not really a no, it's actually a 30 ounce Stanley Cup. That's what I've got, right? And it's got this little sippy cup thing at the at the top that I use. It's some incredible. But everybody's been going crazy for those one liter ones, right? That all the mums have been using with the straw. I spoke about the Starbucks version that has been causing a big stir, people queuing outside the shops and going crazy. Well, guess what is next? Guess what's next, guys? Anti-social club collaboration with Stanley. So the brand that everybody loves to hate anti-social social club has now collaborated with stanley for this special limited edition stanley cup that features this all-white stanley with the anti-social social club logo on the side in silver and obviously the silver um tip here at the front and the white cap so an all-white um stanley cup featured collaboration with anti-social social club this is probably the first streetwear based collaboration i've seen with stanley so this might be an indication as to what we're going to see in the near future so i think be prepared in the next year or sorry the next couple of months you're probably going to see way more um collaborations pop up out of the blue with other brands deciding to collaborate with the biggest um cup manufacturer the biggest cup brand out there and it's going to be one of the things that's going to really blow up stanley's to the next level this is kind of stanley's croc moment do you remember when crocs were like the thing that nurses and doctors and sous chefs and barbacks and whatever wore because it's something that you could wear all day long and they were comfortable and then suddenly it became like a thing that everybody wore regular civilians and they started collaborating with them and now they become like fashion things this is the same thing with stanley cups stanley cups were first i guess a thing that people probably took with them when they went camping right if they were going out to you know driving whatever it may be right cross country they'd maybe carry one or whatever it may be or maybe hunting or something and now all of a sudden it's become the the quintessential cup of the yummy mummy right it's kind of, that's because what it's become and that's going to become the fashion you know choice for most people out there and they're going to be carrying them and having them swing on their bags as they're walking around as they're on their fucking e-bikes or their little electric scooters it's going to be all the rage now so if you already were annoyed with the stanley cup situation be prepared for this to get really crazy now the fashion brands and the streetwear brands have gotten involved they're definitely going to be way more collaborations coming up so don't be surprised if you see a stussy collaboration you see a supreme collaboration they're coming very very soon very very soon but the interesting thing about stanley has been what's been in the news about them have you seen this so the 2024 stanley cup lawsuit makers fail to disclose the viral tumblers contain lead so i'm not sure if you've seen this but loads of mums on tiktok have been going crazy because they've been using these little strips or these little test kits that you can get that can basically tell you how much lead or something contains lead and they've all discovered that these stanley cups right these cups that if i'm not mistaken there was a an occasion sometime i think last year where somebody crashed their tesla or something and it blew up and for some reason the stanley cup was still somewhat intact i think the whole car melted right because the battery cells blew up or something or caught on fire but somehow in the debris once the firefighters were done they managed to find a pretty much intact stanley cup there so i'm not so i'm not sure i'm not so 
I'm not sure why people didn't think this shit would contain some sort of lead in it if it was able to withstand um, an accident, right? Like that, where a car lit on fire, but a Stanley Cup still survived. Anyway, TikTok mums, when they found out Stanley Cups had lead in them, were going crazy because, you know, these mums are out here, you know, even though some of these mums are out here pouring, you know, 700 grams of fucking sugar into their cups, right? And making all these colorful rainbow drinks. For some reason, the lead is the most, you know, dangerous thing in there. But regardless, these mums decided the lead is an issue and they've all decided to pull their resources together and put together a class action lawsuit in, a, in the hope of making some money, basically, right? Which is fucking crazy. So I'm, I'm curious to see how what happens if they actually end up getting some money from the court case or if it gets thrown out but the article itself kind of describes what's going on here so this is courtesy of classaction.org four consumers have filed a proposed class action lawsuit sorry which they allege the maker of the popular stanley brand cups intentionally failed to disclose until late january 2024 that the viral product sorry contained lead the 25 page stanley cup lawsuit says that although the defendant and um, passive market pass Pacific Market International, PMI, touted the products for years as safe. The company failed to disclose to the public that it was a manufacturing process for the drinking tumblers whose popularity exploded help of social media influencers and branded partnerships included lead right so they're really really upset that they didn't tell them they included lead cool instead pmi falsely advertised its stanley cups as bpa free and made of stainless steel while failing to warn that the lead is a key ingredient in the cup's vacuum seal which if damaged could expose a user or their child to lead the proposed class action lawsuit claims stressing that the pmi's target demographic of stanley cups is young professional women of childbearing ages that's not their fault that's not their fault that young childbearing age women are buying these cups but let's be honest the majority of childbearing women i've seen drinking our stanley cups have way bigger problems than the lead that's in the stanley cup some of them are like i saw some woman who bought this thing with her stanley which is kind of like this weird like tray thing it's like a thing that you can wrap around the Stanley Cup and you can put snacks in like the little compartment. So it's a tray, like a disc, and it's got these little compartments in it. And she was filling them up with little snacks while she was watching a movie. Like, so you're drinking a sugary drink. Then you've got all these little compartments with M&Ms and little candies and little crisps and stuff. Sweet and savory, basically, you know, treats on the round thing. But then you're worried about the fucking lead in the cup come on bro maybe put down all that sugar all that processed fucking crap that you're shoveling in your mouth and maybe just pour some actual water in the bottle because i was surprised that many people don't actually just use water to drink out of their you know they don't just pour you know they don't just use their standards to drink water out of they actually use them to fucking drink crazy rainbow colored concoctions that would probably have you wired the whole entire time it's just absolutely crazy the false advertising complaint filed in los angeles county supreme court of course it's los angeles emphasizes that the lead is dangerous in even trace amounts and that exposure particularly through touching swallowing or inhaling can cause severe development problems with children okay cool that's when it gets a bit dicey when they start measuring when they start naming when they start mentioning stuff like children and they start saying that it could leak into the cup and it could cause issues that's where they might be into a winner that's where they might get some money here um these that's where these karens might win right these fucking stanley karens the case accuses seattle-based pmi of knowingly misleading the public by failing to disclose a fact that reasonable consumers would want to know before buying a drinking cup 
especially since the bevy of similar products do not use lead or pose any lead related risk so if you're from any other cup brand out there you probably should be running marketing where you're basically dissing stanley's where you're like our cups don't need lead to keep your drinks cool right you should probably be running some really strong very direct anti-stanley cup marketing propaganda so you can get all their fans to buy your shit that's what you should be doing just should really be hammering it in like we don't need lead to keep our drinks cool we don't need lead to keep our drinks hot and um you know whatever your brand is you know the the number one choice for childbearing mothers all that shit should probably be running now um it continues pmi had a duty to disclose its use of lead before enticing millions of customers to unwittingly buy its drinkware that kind of sounds like a victim thing how can you be a victim if you willingly bought something that's not their fault that you bought it right they didn't force you to buy that you bought it because you wanted to be a part of the fucking viral trend and now you're blaming them for what making really um in-demand products hmm Instead of allowing consumers to decide for themselves and their families whether to accept any risks associated with using a lead-contaminated drinking cup, PMI kept customers in the dark so as to not interfere with his bonanza of influencer-driven sales. Aha! Uh-huh. Especially sales to young women. The plaintiffs asked at the court for a permanent injunction um, requiring the PMI to disclose any lead of toxins in the products in California. Refunds for proposed class members for what they've paid for lead contaminated Stanley cups and punitive damages for PMI's deliberate concealment of use of lead and the possibility that the damage to a cup could expose consumers to lead. Uh oh, so they're looking for millions, right? Punitive, punitive. Um, in 2019, PMI launched a new marketing initiative to increase sales of Adventure Quencher, the troop claims. Ultimately, the sales of those products skyrocketed. Social media influencers will tap into PMI's core demographic. So they're saying that the, the main marketing drive happened in 2019. It feels like it happened just yesterday, but I guess they've been working on it since 2019 to push these cups and get them in the hands of most people. Um, it says here, PMI admitted Stanley cups contain lead. According to a filing, um, PMI admitted in January 2024 that Stanley Cups did contain lead per case. The PMI's website relays that the company employs in its manufacturing process an industry standard pellet to seal the vacuum insulation at the base. Um, the sealing material includes a some lead PMI states claiming that once sealed, this vacuum insulation area is covered a durable stainless steel layer, making it inaccessible to consumers. Importantly, the lawsuit concedes that PMI professed awareness of the explanation of Stanley Cup. I guess that's where they're in trouble because they acknowledge that it does actually include lead in it um, in their advertising to kind of maybe stem the flow of hate that they'll get in. It's now probably going to lead into the favor of the women or the people that are basically filing this lawsuit. Importantly, the lawsuit claims that PMI profess awareness of the explanation of the Stanley Cup and their lead contaminating so the lead containing vacuum seal um, could become damaged through ordinary use of the product in particular by highlighting that the tumbler is eligible for the company's lifetime warranty in a rare occurrence that the base of the cup the base cap of the product comes off and exposes the seal according to a lawsuit several experts have opined um, that the lead contaminant in the stanley cups is concerning with one researcher stating that if the bottom seal comes off all bets are off lead is so toxic you can't just take chances with it so i guess i'm playing with fire every time i drink out of my cup if this little thing at the bottom there comes off right that little cup if that little cup there comes off i'm fucked that's what they're basically trying to say i might die 
if that lead thing comes off. So, you know, if you don't see me for a couple of weeks and I go missing and I'm not streaming, or I'm not recording as much as before, you know why. You know why. My fucking Stanley Cup killed me. R.I.P. Aggie. R.I.P. Aggie. <laughs> Imagine a Stanley Cup killing me. Imagine me being weak enough to let a Stanley Cup kill me me of all people can you imagine that it's never fucking happening it's never fucking happening anyway my friends that has been the agassino zinger show episode number seven four five thank you so much for tuning in those of you tuned in live i do appreciate all of you that have been here it's been a blast it's been amazing thank you for hanging out with me if you're tuning in live or you're here listening after the fact make sure you leave me a five-star review and all the podcast apps that you're listening on this from whether it's apple podcast spotify wherever it may be make sure you leave me a five-star review if you're watching this via the live stream make sure you subscribe make sure you click like down below if you've got a question make sure you can ask me down below if you've got a question my tune of the day today the tune of the day if i'm not mistaken is what did i write it as the tune of the day today what did i write it as did i write something is I'm not too sure actually, but it should be in the description. <laughs> find that tune day description. Find that list of the topics that I spoke about in the description too. If you listen to this, you can find it all down below in the description. Tune day, sorry, it's Jordan Ward. That's it. Tune day today is Jordan Ward, Fam Jam 4000. Um, check that out. One of my favorite um tunes out there. It's fucking amazing. Fam Jam, courtesy of Jordan Ward, is going to be playing underneath my voice. And I'll see you guys again very, very soon. For those of you tuning in live, random show coming up, of course, very much soon after this but for those of you tuning into the Axel Zinger show thank you for tuning in it's been a blessing it's been a vibe I'll see you guys again very very soon but for now take care people peace and as we get older it's hard to be understanding I left for no plan yeah I could be all around the world with the family in anything can we bring the love back? I know that you've been waiting so long for it to come home again. Can we bring the love back? I know that it's been waiting too long. You've always been home to me, always home. I miss you dancing with a drink in your hand. You got drunk and never called me again. But you've seen sides and nobody else knows. I need you around to see my kids grow old. Patience, these curses on generations. Let's fall back in love and break the conversation There's always space for you Cause as we get older It's hard to reach understanding See life for no day